Hello there and welcome to this week's edition of WNK, the weekly AEW news kick. I'm your host Tom, joined, I don't know if this will be the last time, but one of the last times because he's making a career move, to, to stay, staying on the pod but a different episode. It's um, my friend from, my Deutsche friend Patrick, is that correct? Hello. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Deutsche. Deutsche is like, it's like Dutch more. <laughs> oh no, when you say Deutsch, then it's Dutch. So why did they? But it still so means similar? German and Dutch. So yeah, it sounds similar. But it's not. Nah, it's not the same. You write it different. So. What a wacky Willy Wonka language you have. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> speaking of Willy Wonka, perfect segue. I didn't even think of this one. Our own resident Augustus Gloop. It's uh, Jack Griffin. Oh, the face he just See, pulled at the end. I assumed you were going to go with Umpalumpa, and in the world of Charlie and Chalk Factory or Willy Wonka whichever I think I would prefer to be an Oompa I mean but they've got orange faces and green hair yeah but they, they do the hair. sickest dances and songs like actually segue what's our favourite not even a segue ignore that uh, what's our favourite Charlie and Chalk Factory song do you know do you know the ones I like the one where they're, they're burping wait do they even sing a song then I'm not sure they do no have you not seen the newer one because I know the oh, original yeah, the newer one yeah, yeah they, they do all the songs, don't they? It's like basically like a musical at that point. Oh, oh you are such a Zoomer. <laughs> anyway. Class, though, class. Patrick, have you never seen it? Watch it. Which one? The old one or the new one? The new or one. Both. I mean, the, I the old the one's classic, one. obviously. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. I don't yeah. know how we got here. <laughs> but that's where we are. How are you, Jack? I was going to... I was... am as good as I can be. Yeah? Oh, that doesn't sound like... <laughs> I mean, don't don't bore us all with your personal problems. But is there anything I can help with while here? Um, it's it's listening out. Yeah, I think oh. I think what would make things a thousand times better is let's talk about some wrestling for a couple of hours. Well, let's do that. But uh, before we dive into our dynamite review, as promised, I have the top. I was going to do top ten, but I figured Jack could nag me for time. So the top five MGF commentary moments, not from this week's dynamite, but from the previous week's dynamite. So. Um, I'm gonna, I've got to decide which one's going to be number five. Um, I I like this one, which was when uh, MGF's been accused of pushing Jericho off the cage at Blood and Guts. Here we go. You like throwing him off the top of the cage at Blood and Guts. I don't, I don't recall that. He doesn't recall that. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> don't recall that. that. <laughs> um, uh, let's go with Jack's one, because this was one that Jack mentioned last week. Thrust kick from Hooventu takes down Jericho. Beautifully done, I might add. I taught him that, by the way. <laughs> I just love that. <laughs> this is great. This, um, this one was potentially my favourite, but I'm being objective. This is <laughs> it was early on in the match when MGF just pretty much ripped on JR's commentary style. <laughs> Here we go, listen. And I can assure you, after the war Chris Jericho went through last week, he's gonna have a hell of a hard time even climbing up to the top rope. That could be. Moving to That's once what I again. Said. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> and we've got two more well excited Come, coming so in good. at number two we have MJF it, it's a twofer at number two number one is a twofer as well but it's um, it's Jericho it's well it's he, he has an insult for Aubrey Edwards and then one for Juventud Guerrero well Guerrero sorry um, which he immediately denies cover come on come on you max more for it all though sick of that floozy Aubrey Edwards fast counting and slow counting she's never done a proper regular count did you just say masked moron did I hear you say that about no I didn't you? say that about Hoovy. Hoovy's an incredible professional wrestler and he's gonna get the job done you are such a t- 
You are such a turd. So he literally calls my mouse moron and then immediately denies it. And then oh. number one is a two-parter. So it's it's one earlier in the in the match and then one later. And it is MGF gradually getting more and more frustrated with uh, Tony Schiavone. So he's gonna win. He's gonna win. He's gonna win. Get out of here. He got a two count. It was close. Yeah, it was a barely, barely you better, a two You count better count. hope that he does not make it all the way to the fifth labor where he has to face you yeah, one Shivani, on one. you better hope you don't come anywhere near closer to me while we're behind this desk, because I'm going to sock you one. <laughs> you old fart. Jeez. <laughs> and then escalated from there when Tony Cut, sorry, Tony Shivani pushed his buttons later in the evening. Come on! Come on, Aubrey! You have one job, count to three! He kicked out of the Hoovy driver. Come on. on God. I swear to God, if you make eye contact with me one more time, we're going to have a problem. Giovanni <laughs> on God. Oh, I, I remember the last one pretty clear, yeah. I think that might be one of my favorite moments we've done this year. I loved MJF's commentary. That was beautiful. Uh, so, you know, without further ado, let's... Uh, I mean, we've got a lot to get through before we can get some more MJF on our screen. So let's start our Dynamite review. So first up, actually, we did start out the night with MGF. It was a um, a promo with MGF and Wardlow. MGF says that Jericho's never beaten him. Says that uh, Jericho's put himself thing through things no man, no other man could or should. But it's made for good TV. Um, and he says even if Jericho gets to him, even if he beats Labor Number Four tonight, which is against Wardlow, he'll uh, still he's still better than him, and he knows it. Says the catchphrase. Um, Wardlow says he'll get the job done but and MGF reminds him that he didn't get the job done against Cody in that cage match they had um, this does not please Wardlow who crushes MGF's apple as MGF walks away with his bare hands Jack, let's come to you uh, thoughts on I mean this is a good segment did it get you hyped up for later in the night um, also I want to point out there was a very big pop for Wardlow in this when Jericho said mentioned Wardlow by name the crowd cheered although they were booing MGF so what do you think about that crowd reaction to Wardlow what do you think about you know that lingering look he gave him when he obviously with anger when he was crushing the apple do you think things are going to come to a head between Wardlow and MGF this year or do you think we'll have a little bit longer of that building give us your thoughts uh, well, firstly, very impressed with him crushing apple with one hand. Um, I did see there was like a cut in it, so I think they did weaken the the structure of the apple a little bit. It was a gimmicked apple, if you will, I think, but it was still impressive. Still, I don't think I could ever do that. Um, my weak stature. Um, have, oh, but your I... wrist is very strong. You've been you've been working that thing out what three times a day for the past. He's gonna wait till the penny drops. Well, I, I know the punchline there. I know what you're going oh. for. That's what you think. I'm not even gonna um, entertain you with a response, and I'm just gonna move on. Um, Don't dignify it. Rise above. Anyway, like what did I think? Of the re- what did I think of the reaction? I do think. Can we? Can we get it together, folks? <laughs> That's what uh, she said. <laughs> right. Anyway. Um, yeah. So. I do think MJF and Wardlow has to be the next storyline once this pinnacle in a circle thing's done. I still can't see an end to this pinnacle in the circle thing. I'd be, I mean, I'd 
be very intrigued to see how it ends and um, all that because it's, it seems like it's been going on forever. Not that I'm, you know, complaining, but um, but yeah, Wardlow and Jeff has to be the next thing. Um, and I feel like they've been building for it for too long now. Um, but obviously they've had this, so it's fair enough. But yeah, no, looking forward to um, when they eventually have a blow off, you know, and um, and I think, you know, it'll be interesting to see who wins that. I know they're trying to really protect MGF, but they can't keep putting Wardlow down. You know, he's a future star as well. They say about the um, the four pillars of, um, you know, AEW, like the brightest stars, but I think Wardlow should be included in that. I just think, you know, they're not who pushing the him enough. Pillars? Huh? Who are the four who, pillars? Who, who, who Jungle Boy, MJF, uh, Britt Baker. Was it Britt? Yeah, and Darby Allen. Oh, no, sorry. Ignore Sammy that. They, no, ignore, yeah, Britt. It was Sammy. Um, because I think they... I suppose they make yeah. the men's division. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so... But I think they should. And whereas include... Britt would tell you she's pretty much the only pillar yeah. in the division holding it all up by herself. So. <laughs> next, well, actually, before next up, uh, we do have a match, the first match of the night. But I just wanted to laugh about. So coming off the back of that promo, Tony Tony Shivani said, uh, "My mama always said, don't talk with your mouth full." But what does that idiot know? <laughs> <laughs> it's like Tony Tony Schiavone just slamming his mum on commentary, um, but yeah, this when they cut away from this promo, we got a pan of the crowd, and I believe masks were mandated in uh, for this event, um, and I'd say about at least sixty percent of people are taking them off. Like, how how do you even? You know, because it's just I, I don't want to get too into it because people think this is a political issue, but like. I don't know. I was disappointed with AEW fans just because. I mean, you look at the you look at crowds in Japan. Like one person wouldn't dare take it off because people would be like the kind of social pressure there. Do you know what I mean? To just you know do the right thing. But I don't know. I I'd, I'd read that Pittsburgh it was masks were uh, essential, and like I said, at least sixty percent of people were taking them off. So wild situation anyway. Good um, to know, but sad to hear. Sad to hear, yeah. No, um, but you know, people are gonna, people are gonna do what people are gonna do, and sadly, they've got no way of really enforcing it, have they? I mean, they couldn't kick all those people out, so mm, just disappointing from them. Um, but yeah, while we got Patrick with us, uh, Patrick, won't you tell us what you thought of the Elite versus Seidel Brothers and Dante Martin? Um, a lot of uh, the Elite, I should uh, clarify, was Kenny Omega, the the proper Elite, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, uh, rather than the Super Elite. Um, and uh, yeah, I thought uh, there weren't really any weak links in this other than maybe Mike Seidel, but Dante Martin was very impressive in this match, I thought. Um, what did you think of the match as a whole? Yeah, likewise. Like I, I didn't have any expectations in the match because it felt also like they, they just put them all together again, mixed them up together. I don't. Was there a story behind it why it is Dante Martin and the Seidel brothers? Or. I, I think it was just a randomly put together Random. match. I saw, okay. I saw, um, I saw in our Discord for our WhatsApp group, Liam was complaining about randomly booked matches. I assume this one might be it, but yeah. usually I'd agree with him. I wasn't that mad about this one though, just because, I mean, some of the stuff he was doing, it was the hang time more than anything that Dante Martin specifically was getting. I mean, um, yeah, there was, there was, there was some nice. Matt Seidel is a, is just a great wrestler um and i think if he'd been born about five to ten years later he would be having a, a create i mean look at will osprey do you know what i mean the, I, I see him as a similar kind of wrestler he's you know flippy he can do the flippy shit but he's an all-rounder as well 
Um, so he was, anytime he was in the ring was great. Um, I remember him and his brother were doing, they did like a, like a double submission move on Matt Jackson, I think it was. Um, but Dante Martin, the, the stuff he was doing, like I said, he, um, he, he did uh, that move where he kind of dodged Kenny by kicking off the bottom rope and like turning in midair. And it's, uh, it's crazy. Um, and a crossbody, there was just a simple crossbody and he got some ridiculous hang time on it. And um, yeah, re- really impressive. Sorry, I cut you off there. If there's anything else you were wanting to say about it. No, no, it's fine. Um, yeah, also, I was very impressed with Dante Martin. Like, I haven't seen him really in a while since uh, his brother is injured, right? Since his brother... Um, yeah, it's kind of derailed their push a bit because obviously they were getting yeah. the team. But I like him with the Seidel's, to be honest. Yeah, that, I was pretty amazed by him. Like, I, I know what Matt Seidel is capable of, but uh, Dante Martin had really liked the chance now to, to have his, I don't know, what was it, like 15 minutes of fame or so there because the moves also, like, with such an accuracy but also like lightness how he how he performed them like he would just like do it like like this like this i, I don't know it's it's it, it amazed me completely like i've seen a lot of wrestling of course i'm very familiar with the aw product and all the wrestlers but i haven't seen that in a while that somebody does these moves this easy so they both will have like a bright future pretty bright future and so. he really got he really got the crowd on side. They were really popping, yeah. thinking yeah. for an upset at the end, right off their feet. I mean, um, he took an Ushiguroshi from Kenny, I believe, and then then I think he took the V trigger, but then he reversed the One Winged Angel to begin with, and then reversed the Tiger uh, Tiger Driver ninety eight as well. Was it ninety five, ninety eight? Anyway, um, he obviously in the end succumbed to the One Winged Angel, followed by you know they weren't done there. They did the uh, the three the three of the elite did the BTE trigger. Um and and Kenny with the uh, trigger to the back of the head, but um yeah just good stuff. I mean obviously I think sometimes we take the elite for granted because obviously we're we're talking about Dante Martin, but obviously they did some great stuff as well. But um and and not to mention Don Callis on commentary, Jack. I'll come to you to talk about that. He uh funny as always. He uh, there was a bit where he talked about Pittsburgh sports, I believe. He um he said finally uh. Finally, the elite are bringing a winning team to this city and um, like referencing their local sports teams. And then I don't know if it was JR or something called him on it. He was like, what do you mean? The the uh, the Steelers, the Penguins, like obviously teams that have won championships. And <laughs> Don goes, I don't know who those are. <laughs> like, so he, was, he was talking shit without actually knowing about it. And he also made a reference to Kenny having uh, oversized hands, I believe, which was a thin, thinly veiled dick joke. But yeah, you're a fan of Don Callis, aren't you? Oh, of course. I, I like all them, you know, um, folks on commentary like Don Callis, MGF, and even Chris Jericho when he's on there, um, and Taz on Dark. Just them comedy commentators just really add something to it. I, I don't know what it is. It It's not that you don't enjoy the match anyway, because you do, like even if there was, you know, shit commentators, but it just makes you enjoy it even more because you're, you're hooked and you're like waiting for whatever punchlines come. Um, the match in general, I, I was really big fan of it. I've been looking up on Reddit and stuff, seeing what other people's thoughts are, and everyone's just praising Dante Martin. And it's too incredible. right. There was that tag move as well where they kind of threw him off the... It's like Patrick said, he does stuff so easily. It's, he makes it look so easy. And it's just, yeah. Uh, and it's it, for me, it's the hang time more than anything. Because after a while, you've seen so many things in wrestling. You've seen so many crazy things. 
and it's about the kind of intricacies and how they execute the move rather than what the moves are. And like I said, he hit a crossbody that blew my mind. I can't believe I'm saying that in 2021 that I saw a crossbody that made me go wow. And it was because of the hang time he got on it, you know. It's Absolutely, and I think, and I think it just helped being in a match with Kenny and the Bucks. Do you know what I mean? I think that really helped him because they probably, you know, before the match said, be creative, you know, like use it where it will you know sell anything i think that really helped this match and definitely one of the strongest ones in the night in my opinion oh for sure sure. next up we had well we had uh we had a post-match for that tony tried to interview uh the elite but don cut him off and Christian Cage interrupts. We were told earlier in the evening that Christian Cage was, because he was the number one contender, we knew that, but the match is set now, Christian Cage versus Kenny Omega for All Out. Um, so Christian interrupt. Don called him a Stanford stooge, which was brilliant, um, and uh, Jurassic Express equalised it, because they were like, there's one of you, you know, you're not going to, you know, count how many of us there are, um, but Jurassic Express came out, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, to uh, almost even the odds, I suppose, uh, they get in the ring. Cage, Cage's title shot actually. When they mention the title shot, the title match gets booed by the crowd, followed by some CM Punk and Yes chants. Um, thought it was a little bit disrespectful. It, you know, I I can understand it from a point, but I think they can like, they can sell this Christian match quite well, and I don't think the crowd really gave it a chance. But you know, understandable. What with the hype coming, um, Cage called him a carny piece of shit and then corrected himself with some cheap heat by saying, since we're in Pittsburgh, you're a carny jag-off, which is some Pittsburgh slang, evidently. Uh, and then we find out this was this this I popped for, and this the crowd popped for, that not only is Cage getting a shot at the uh, world title at uh, All Out, which, you know, I they say it's set in stone, but we'll see. Um, but what we know is happening is he is also getting an impact world title shot at Kenny Omega's world title the first ever match on Rampage in a matter of days, guys. Um, yeah, thoughts on this? I'll come to you, Patrick. Yeah, for, first of all, I was a little confused uh, why uh, like, uh, they were... Uh, Christian and, and uh, Jurassic Express were on stage and coming to the ring and there was a commercial break. Yeah, and I just... just that was weird. I've forgotten, I'll just slip this in for you to talk about. Jurassic Express getting a title shot next week on Dynamite against the Young as, well. as well. Yeah, yeah right. Uh, yeah, I like also the CM Punk chants were... They were quite loud, like very loud, so... I think... They, did you hear there was a yeah. yes chants afterwards? So yeah, they, little, they were a little... They were a little, qui- they were a little quiet. They were a little the quieter, chants. but the CM Punk chants, they were very loud, so that was maybe really because- interesting. I think, well, maybe because, one, the crowd would rather see CM Punk get a title shot in Chicago. But, two, I think I think there's an element of, are we allowed to chant yes? Because that's a WWE yeah. thing. Whereas CM yeah. Punk's going to be his name wherever he goes. Do you know what I mean? That's yeah, going to be a right. chant they can do anywhere. But it's like, is he going to do the yes gimmick? So maybe we shouldn't chant yes for Daniel Bryan. Bryan Danielson, sorry. I'm doing it myself. Um, but, yeah, do you... I mean, I, I feel bad because I, I get it, but I really... I really want. I've, I've since he's come to AEW. I've wanted Christian to get that title shot. I've wanted Christian to have a title shot. I've wanted the whole kind of veteran against you know this new breed kind of greatest in the world kind of thing. Um, and and like I said, given the fact that he's getting a title shot at the Impact title on Rampage, this might be subject to change. Something might happen to Christian, knock him out of contention. But like if 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 Punk and Brian are there, or at least one of them. 
definitely punk, I think, because I think he's debuting at the at the first dance, isn't he? Is what we think anyway. Yeah. Um, do, does he? Do, do, do they need a title for for a match involving either of those, like to make it any more special? I mean, not really. No, and, no, and, I, and, and, if, and would it be going against the AEW ethos to just put them straight into a title match anyway? I mean, yeah, the crowd, definitely. The crowd, the crowd say they want it, but do they really want it? Would they really want someone, anyone, to just come in and get a title shot just like that? And you know, after all this talk of rankings and and Christian Cage has worked his way up, and yeah, th- th- that's exactly the reason why I don't think that they will get a title shot or a title match any anywhere soon because this is what they communicated. And although we also talked about it, like also you specifically said you think the ranking system is shit, but at some point they still hold on to it. You know, you see it with Christian yeah. now, they're still holding on to it. And this is what uh, makes AW very much different from WWE. And I think this is what a lot of people appreciate uh, from the product itself. And I think they will keep that approach. Also, when you see um, Darby Allen, Allen is challenging like indirectly CM Punk last week. That was a match like everyone wants to see. No title needs to be involved. That would be a great match. Like There's so many other matches, yeah, where they which they could do, and um, it would be just shitty to overshadow also a thing like this. So I I don't get uh, why Christian Cage gets an Impact and AW title match. I still like it because of his connection yeah. to Impact. To be honest. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, but and adds, I don't get why it, both. <laughs> and it adds, so. it adds some, it adds some um, uh, uncertainty to it as well because, like, I, I generally don't know who's going to win that match on Rampage. Now, I like because all of us, I think, we could say safely, we don't think Christian Cage is winning it all out, taking the yeah, off Kenny. definitely not. No. However, um, an Impact World Title match that. That's a whole different ball game. So, and and then he could go into all out saying, "I've beaten you once. I've got a title." You know, they, yeah. it, you know, they've got a few weeks now to it. Provided this is the plan they're sticking with, and they're not just going to do some, uh, you know, switcheroo on us. Uh, then they've got however long to build this now. What just under a month to build this? Um, and yeah, I mean, if if Christian Cage wins his title, wins the Impact title off, and then game on. Do you know what I mean? And it also also i mean kenny's assured a spot on dynamite and he should be assured a spot on dynamite he should be on there every week whether he's world champion or not but someone like christian cage is someone that they could loan out to impact uh to free up a spot on dynamite do you know what i mean and it's the kind of same thing as lance archer in the u.s title i think it's a really good move to put other company titles on their boys and then send them out because they don't have enough spots on dynamite but keeping them over do you know what i mean and um i th- I, I could see christian cage winning the the impact title i really could can, can i go on that as well can i, yeah, for sure. Come on. I just want to say Tag two in. points two, two points firstly exactly what you said and that's why i think maybe layla hirsch you know with this nwa like i said last week perfect bit of of booking keeps her occupied and that's you know um one of the criticisms aw gets where you know so so big a rush uh, not enough time um secondly i really can see christian um taking the impact title for exactly the same reason you said but also there has been a lot of stuff in i guess recent not even weeks months as well about how tired like kenny is getting like it doesn't show in his matches but like you know you can tell 
it will it will have an effect on him. He's appearing on Dynamite every Wednesday, um, Impact every Thursday, um, you know, and he's defending these in like big matches and on their pay per views. And you know, Impact's got a pretty much pay per view every month. Um, so and the travel involved because he's got to go to is it Tennessee for uh, yeah exactly for, for um for the Impact matches and then he's got to he's going to be going to Mexico for the the exactly match, it's, it's really gonna. Match. It's really gonna, you know. And sorry, that's another. Effect. That's another point. Will he defend his title against Andrade? I think because he will. Because Andrade's Andrade's not signed to Triple I mean, people. Yeah. I think It's a little bit of a people's expecting Andrade to win because he's Mexican. <laughs> I, I guess. Yeah, but in, the, in the thing is, like, good that you said that he isn't that he's not signed yet, or so, uh, because Kenny is is just showing up every year for the uh, just for the Triple Mania. Until now, of course, there weren't that many shows. So it's the thing, because they still, as I remember, don't have such a big working relationship anymore with Triple I. So that's the thing where I'm like, I'm not really sure. I think they'd have one of their own signed talent take it off them, though, because Andrade's not... I mean, people would like to see him there, obviously, but we'll see. Yeah, let's see. Next up, we had a Malachi Black promo. He basically says he did what he said he was going to do in beating Cody, that it'd be quick that it'd be to the point, decisive, kept one of Cody's boots um, and produces it and says, uh, you know, he says, uh, you've got one foot in the grave, basically, um, from when Cody tried to retire. And then he calls out other people on the roster, and I found this quite interesting, and says, what you'll find when you come against me is that you're arguing with God. Now, we had another promo immediately after this from someone who calls themselves God's favourite champion, uh, so I, I we'll do both. So obviously next up we had a Miro promo after the break. Um, it says that he lives to serve his vengeful God and please his perfect wife. Um, and a bit of, that was his, you know, the, the bit we like to focus on in the Miro promos. And then a match versus Fuego del Sol is set for Rampage. I'm not sure if they said it's a title match, but if Fuego del Sol wins, he, he earns a contract with, uh, AEW, I believe. Um, yeah, what do you think about what I just mentioned there, Patrick, about you know the timing of these promos and at the end of one, a guy saying that he's calling himself God and then the next one, a guy opening with that he lives to serve God. You know, that's, that's a rivalry I think I'd like to see. I don't know about you. Very good point. I didn't uh, think about it this way. Just the, the Malachi Black promo was extremely well done. It was great. Also that he was talking Dutch in the beginning. I was like, okay, <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, and, and the Miro thing was just hilarious when he dropped that line with his wife again. I was just waiting for, for that part again. But <laughs> he always delivers. Uh, both great uh, 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 promos. Um, and as you said, could be a nice match. Maybe a team, I don't know, but I cannot see a team because they're no, so different I can, I, characters. I can, but this I can match see stipulation it. would be great. I, I can't see Malachi Black's blasphemy going unnoticed by Miro. That's definitely something that would would anger him. Jack, uh, do you think this is a potential, maybe even a potential all-out match? We got. I mean, maybe not because maybe we'll have Malachi versus Cody again, possibly, or maybe maybe you know what what do you think we're gonna. Do you think we're going to see this down the road, uh, um, particularly think, during Miro's TNT title reign? Yeah, so Malachi Black with um, Cody is going to be probably a rematch at All Out. I, I beg that Cody doesn't win that one. Just to, um, I, it'd be nice to kind of bury Cody a bit more, which I know everyone will be, every American listener will be in disagreement. But um, I don't think they will. I don't think he was popular with a lot of 
American listeners as well during his weird angle. Well, oh, yeah. we haven't mentioned our uh, we haven't mentioned our promotion. I knew someone was missing. We'll do that later. Uh, we'll do that of, at the course, end. of course, of um, course. Well, there's a cutie bit later, so we can mention it then. Um, but yeah, no, with Miro, I'm not too sure where they're going with him for um, with All Out because um, I mean it's worth mentioning it now because they don't. I mean it would come back later, but um, his match next week. Oh no, is it? To, yeah, on tomorrow's show, um, the first Rampage where. Um, Miro versus Fuego del Sol. So, um, as much as you Fuego know... Fuego del Sol fighting for employment. That's it. I, I like that. I like that um, little added bit there. But for me, I feel like they, they've they got kind of storyline going with Miro at the moment where all the main roster people as such, are, it's kind of like they're too scared to face Miro. Do you know what I mean? And they're giving Miro all these kind of like much inferior opponents um, to, you know... And I'm waiting for either, you know, on Rampage after the way. Oh, I just had a little thing. Fuego and Sammy are friends. And said yeah. Sammy about yeah. having an announcement um, next week, yeah. a major announcement. So I think maybe we'll have Sammy Miro um, all out. Because I also saw on Sammy's logs this week, he was at a Comic-Con event and he had, uh, it was him, uh, Ty Conti and Darby Allen. And he said um, he will be a champion of some belt by the end of 2021 so it could go. be could be interesting but i don't um, think i don't think he'd win it though or like, oh i don't know i don't i don't know if miro's held it long enough and no. i don't know do you not think there's anything i mean do you not think aw pretty good with consistency so do you not think especially with the timing of these promos that even watching it back the production team wouldn't say wouldn't think hang about we've just had a guy call himself God. And oh, it's definitely planned. Yeah, no, they definitely yeah. put them together. They could have, you know, been, they could have happened at any time in the two hour show and they put them next. So, yeah, but, um, but no, just lots to consider there. Um, lots of potential, but yeah, that's, that's the one. Who, who do you reckon Miro's going to be facing all out? Let us know on our socials, Tom plug. W A N K podcast on Instagram and Twitter or email us. And we'll read out your comment on air at W A N K wrestling at gmail.com there you go and you can have your say who do you think Miro will be facing it all out there we go next up we had well the former holder of Miro's title Darby Allen versus Daniel Garcia in the feud nobody asked for apparently this is a really hot feud now but um, they didn't really do a good job in selling me on that uh, Patrick um, I, I'm just I'm just going to lead in with this I thought this match was god awful I thought this match was boring as hell um what was your thoughts on Darby Allen versus Daniel Garcia yeah yeah <laughs> yeah that's all I can say but like I think one third of the match took place uh, during commercial break where uh, Daniel Garcia was a little um yeah I wasn't there last week but you and me were talking also about it, it was a little like uh uh, Zach, Zach Saber Jr. rip off or like in 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 the going into that style and he was holding him da- holding Darby mostly during that time down the mat, uh, just rolling above him, holding him in grapples and everything, just didn't do anything. And most of the match was most yeah was was mostly like it. So I, I, to be honest, I cannot really recall anything great the happening only, the, from the match. No, you're right. There was very little good in the match. The only spot that really caught my eye, which I think we've seen variations of before, which was Darby going for the springboard coffin drop and then um, Garcia caught him in the rear naked choke, um, which that was quite nice. But 
Yeah, I mean, it's impressive that they mentioned that Garcia's wrestled six times in seven days on the indie circuit, you know. Um, but I just it was there was there was not much to this uh, at all. Um, obviously, he was accompanied by Two Point the former Ever Rise, who have a really weird again a rivalry nobody asked for with Sting. They've got a I, I don't. Why why are 2.0 who don't even actually have a contract feuding with the fucking icon? Do you know what I mean? It's um it's bizarre. Man. They just they have not nailed Sting in AEW at all, but he still gets huge pops. Like Darby gets huge pops. He's one of the people who gets the biggest pops in the in the company, but Darby comes out and people cheer for him and then they they say accompanied by the icon Sting and then the cheers get louder. So Sting still gets the pops, but they're just they're doing so little with him. Um I just, I just, I, I just think it's weird him being Darby's dad and feuding with, you know, AEW dark talent essentially. Um, but yeah, no, I, I really didn't rate this match at all. Um, there was a brawl after the match uh, that did nothing for me and didn't really end in anything decisive. And the match itself ended really abruptly. It was just uh, Darby just hit a coffin drop. There was no real build up to it. Um, less time we spent talking about this one, the better. But uh, do you have anything to add, Jack? pass on this one yeah i would if i were you next up we had a segment with death triangle uh so lucha brothers tell pack that they're tired of andrade you know trying to uh trying to pester them onto his side pack says uh they don't know care or and oh no they don't know or like andrade or understand kind of his uh what he's his game that he's getting at uh, his designs on the Lucha Brothers. Um, but essentially they set the match, you know, Pac says he'll take care of him, so they set the match for all out. Pac versus Andrade, and um, Pac utters that uh, age-old English line, come and have a go if you think you're hard enough. So I will come to Jack on this one. Uh, I'll be completely xenophobic and uh, get the British man's take on the uh, on the thing with the uh, British, British football chant. Um... Yeah, are you excited for Andrade versus Pack? Do you think the Lucha Brothers are going to betray Pack? This is basically the weekly update on that storyline. But where do you stand at the moment on this one? No, yeah, so I'm really looking forward to um, Miro Malakai Black when it happens in the future. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, that's not gonna that's not gonna make sense because we'll like, cut that bit. I know. Jack, Jack got Jack got the two rivalries confused early in the night, which we cut. But, uh, but it uh, was funny. You had to be there. Carry you had on, to Jack. be there. Um, but no, yeah, no, this will be. Um, I'm I'm really hyped for this. I am. Um, I thought this is a really good promo. Um, you know, I like. I just like Pack not sitting down and kind of, you know, taking control of the situation, like saying like I don't own you, sort of thing. But we're like, you know, we're a family, and basically, you know, just calling it. This was everything it needed to be. Um, didn't add anything too much other than you know announcing the match at all out, which we all knew was going to happen. It's going to be a good match. I think this definitely has the potential to steal the card. Um, to be one I said this night. before that it, while it won't be the spectacle of the night based on the people who we expect to be there it will be uh, possibly the technical match of the night you know yeah no it's going to be it's going to be a good good match I'm really looking forward to it um, it'll be interesting to see how they do it because you know Pack doesn't get beaten often um, uh, but it's Andrade's first pay-per-view <laughs> you just um, said beaten off <laughs> 
Anyway. <laughs> I hope Pac doesn't get beaten off in the middle of the ring. That's, I don't think we're ready for that yet. Pizza cutters, maybe, but not guys beating off. But this could, this, could, um, this could be a good match, though. Well, I mean, it'll be a good match regardless. But if Andrade does win on Saturday and take um, Kenny's AAA title off him to enter the ring with that belt or whatever and kind of give him, I think that would allow Pac to win. If he already had a title, if yeah, it's Andrade, it doesn't if, bury him, you know. If Andrade loses on Saturday and then loses to Pack or something, then it's just like you know what. But as I said, there's also the Lucha Brothers, and which which side that coin's going to land on that could influence the match. They might be the deciding factor in the match. You know, I mean, can you can you see? Would this not be? Would this not be kind of a dud storyline if the Lucha Brothers didn't betray Pack at this point? That's a good shout. That's a good shout. And um, whether. Yeah, there's a kind of betrayal like they're already sided with um, Andrade, but they're just kind of leading Pack in to it. Or no, that's an interesting take. Interesting take. Um, yeah, all will be revealed in a couple of weeks. And- Andrade seems kind of like he's a faction leader without a faction right now. You know. Yeah. So, you know, he's he's just waiting for boys, and uh, there's there's two that would fit right in right there. But like I said. Um, I don't know. It just seems like there'd be something missing from this feud if there wasn't some sort of twist like that, you know? But Definitely. We'll no, I think you're right there. Next up, it was Chucky e. T, Orange Cassidy, and Wheelie Utah of The Best Friends, or The Best Friends Extended Faction, if you will, versus Private Party and Matt Hardy. Um, yeah, no, uh, this, this was... I'll tell you what, I'll come to you guys first before I give my take on it. Patrick, what were your thoughts on this match? Again, quite random. There were some nice moments in the match, but I found it also quite random again. So, not really, not really something special. Or so, yeah, I like Wheeler Yuda, but I like. I just, too. I just have to say, like the HFO, it's like. I don't I know what hate, I didn't hate them in this match. I quite like. I no, no, I, I don't hate them at all. Yeah. But when they're coming out, I always like. Yeah, they, they are like. There's a group of several subgroups but there's no like big faction or so it, it feels weird they're all in different dresses they're all within their own group gimmick and everything yeah. so it it just doesn't, doesn't feel, feel right no doesn't feel like of course it feels like like a more like an army of mercenaries but still when you have an yeah. army or you put people under your banner you still give them something that they unite you know so but it, it was quite unspectacular except like i said wheeler yuta is really to look it's really cool I'm, I'm growing on him and also um was it like during this week the news dropped also that he was one of the first uh tryouts at the uh performance center which D- dropped, WWE and they yeah, dropped WWE out passed on him yeah yeah passed passed on him and now he's in aw and I cannot see why they passed on him. I mean, yeah, they, they said they passed on him because he was the first one uh, who didn't match the new policy they installed just recently. But yeah, it's you know the the the, the ones uh, ones losses the other ones win. So I'm I'm happy to see him. Hopefully, more and more. Oh, he's my potentially my breakthrough star of the year so far. Um, I thought he looked great. I thought I thought Private Party and Matt Hardy actually looked like they gelled really well tonight, and which is the first time I've really think I've said that. But they did give me really Hardy Boy-esque vibes when they were doing like triple tag moves and stuff. Um, and yeah, I it was it was nice to see them 
on form again because I've not really enjoyed Private Party for a while. I enjoyed him in this match. Um, there was some nice taunting stuff like at the beginning between uh, OC did his... They, they always find new ways for Orange Cassidy to be entertaining, which is why he's got such a good gimmick, why his gimmicks last. Um, so he went to put the uh, hands in the pockets and then Matt Hardy counted him with a taunt of his own doing the delete, delete, and then OC grabbed his deleting hand and put it into his own pocket. Um was was good stuff and then obviously orange cassidy mocked him like matt does the second rope uh leg drop with the taunt but uh orange cassidy did the first rope flop with the taunt so he did he did matt hardy's taunt and then just like flopped off the first rope onto matt hardy really good stuff um should be noted nyla rose interrupted in this match and attacked chris statlander which Okay, this match was full of... This is the thing for me. I enjoyed this match. I enjoyed how Wheelie looked and how Private Party looked. But it was full of very weird booking decisions for me. So first off was Matt Hardy hitting the side effect, which is arguably his second move almost immediately. And Orange Cassidy barely getting a one. It didn't seem like he even got a one off it. And I was like, that's weird, burying that move. Um, the second was Nyla Rose's interruption purely because of the match later in the night, which we'll talk about. And... Um, the third was a similar thing with the silly string. The private party hit the silly string right before the break. They didn't even wait until Excalibur didn't even wait for the pin to start saying, you know, we'll be back after the break. Um, but then they did pin. And, and again, that's supposed to be like their second move after the gin and juice. And, um, and he, uh, he kicked out at one, a very kind of quick one. So, and like I said, right before the break for them to do a signature move and Excalibur not even kind of entertaining the fact that this could result in a pinfall just felt odd to me. So uh, anyway, it ended with a pretty out of nowhere gin and juice, which I thought was really nice because um, it had started before. I can't remember who, who's the one that does the cutter on that. Is it um, Cassidy? Anyway, Cassidy uh, or Quen, I can't remember. Whoever whoever gets in the ring to do the cutter, um, he he'd already. Uh, I think it was Utah that that ate the pin, but he was already like mid air as he was sliding into the ring. So it was a real kind of RKO out of nowhere, um, sort of gin and juice. Um, but Orange Cassidy made the save, which was surprised with the orange punch. But then Hardy pushed uh, Mark Quen into Orange Cassidy and hit the twist of fate on uh, Wheelie for the win. Jack, um, do you agree that it was not a bad match by any means, um, full of some nice moments, but, uh, you know, some questionable booking? Um, I assume you're also still not really sold on the Hardy family office yet. Yeah, weird booking. Um, there is a storyline in this. Um, it's it's more of a dark one, which, you know, and it has, it has crossed over to um, Dynamite, you know, with the blade and you know matches he's had he had you know with the brass knuckle stuff and Ali and um Chris Statland had a match didn't they I believe yeah they I think I remember um so yeah so there has been there has been a storyline here in which I see it finishing with OC and Matt Hardy at all out which with some good build up to it in the coming weeks like they've still got about three, three, four weeks um, to build up. I think could be really good. They're two good gimmicks. Um, well, well, I was just about to really say this, this would, this would be. I would, I would be so much more psyched for that match. If it was still Broken Matt Hardy. Yeah, Broken Matt Hardy versus Orange Cassidy would be. Oh, you know, I'd be, I'd be so psyched for that. I'd be on my top three that I'd be most excited for. Imagine but. that that at the um, 
the the Hardy compound as well. So then like you know, like yeah. a cinematic match as well, like the one Sammy did, but like with just, OC, that'd the be stuff really they cool. could do the stuff they could do with OC, I I'll never understand why he kinda of gave up the just I think it was just he didn't want to seem he wanted to stay fresh because that's what he's done his whole career. But you know, it's it's kinda of like Jericho. It's like you don't just reinvent yourself for the sake of it. I mean that that gimmick was never going to get stale because there was so much they could do with it. And like, like you said, they could do a Hardy family offer, uh, sorry, a Hardy compound thing with, um, you know, they could incorporate Orange Cassidy stuff into that, you know, like, but I, don't, I still don't just, think it's dead. I think cause it'll come back. Do you reckon? Yeah. It, it died in that Sammy match, which was the cinematic match. So I think, you know, the whole laking lake of reincarnation thing, you know, whether I think he could bring it back. Um, I just think he he needed he needed something so it didn't look like he was just a one gimmick thing. He wanted to be like I'm this legend who had who's had all these gimmicks. I need to prove that in AEW. He's not gonna have the longest time in AEW like some of these stars because obviously he's getting on a bit. So it's one thing you know, and I respect it. It's not the best thing he's done, um, but it's definitely not see- worse. And I think it's getting a lot better with and as this match and I, I was I was quite a fan of this match. I really enjoyed. Yeah, I thought, um, it, was quite, I thought yeah. it was quite good. Just weird booking. Yeah, um, so I think it's taken a while, and I think quite a lot of AEW stuff does take a while. But once you get into it a bit more, um, it is a bit more rewarding. And I think that match at All Out will be will be a good one. It'd be nice to um, also have. See, where's Trent? Because Trent's injured, he's got spine. He's had spinal fusion surgery. Do we know how when he's going to be back? Uh, no, not yet. I don't. I don't because think because I. Time I date. Well, maybe. I, well, I mean, I would like to see a best friends versus private party match with this. Oh, yeah. But obviously, you know, Trent being injured, it's going to be hard. So whether Wheelie Utah comes in, maybe, but it'll be interesting. But that wouldn't obviously be a pay per view. But that's a potential matchup. I think there's there's a lot more to the story. Um, and but you know, there's finding that line between where does it go too long? Do you carry on after out all out for these other matches, or do you call it the payoff at all out for? I think they could have a funny sort of stipulation to it as well. What with the two yeah. wrestlers on show, so yeah, um, not the worst match in the night, not the best, but I think you could find some enjoyable parts in this. Well, definitely, I really liked how Chucky T looked before we come off this as well. I, he he looked really. He had a, a moment in that match where he was just cleaning house. I don't know if he'd just come off a hot tag, but he was hitting the power bombs and spinning power bombs. It's just really good to see because I think he's a really underrated performer. Obviously, he's an indie legend, Massively. but on on Dynamite, you don't think he ever gets the. He's always playing second fiddle. Do you know what I mean? Especially with when Trent's been out, um, it's uh, you know he he ends up paired up with OC a lot, and OC obviously takes the the most attention because he's so over with the crowd and, and uh, you know, Chucky T kind of gets overlooked a little bit, but he is an absolute legend. So it was, it was, it was great to see him getting some nice offense in, in this match. Next up, we had Santana and Ortiz versus FTR promo. So, okay. First off, we got to talk about during this, they had a freeze frame of when, uh, Cash Wheeler caught his arm on that. Oh God, yeah, Patrick's. We'll come to Patrick because he's earned that by. Because uh, exactly <laughs> I'm into like. it. <laughs> it was yeah, they disgusting. had this freeze frame where his 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 underarm like skin got stuck. Oh. Was it stuck maybe in the uh, like like something from the uh, the hook the yeah, of the the of hook the, the hook there, yeah. yeah. Yeah, oh. and you could see that for a second, like how it just got <laughs> stuck, and you ripped it off, and it didn't start bleeding then directly, but it looked like. Just tore his skin it was off. Horrific. It's just um, yeah. 
Yeah, I actually wrote down horrific. The freeze frame of Cash's arm getting caught is horrific. Um, Santana and Ortiz say they're just going to keep coming and coming for blood, um, which they obviously got some of in this match. Is this match coming to a head at All Out, do we think? Um, and yeah. which way do you think it's going to go? Do you think they're going to feel obliged to have Santana and Ortiz get the win on this? Um, what with FTR um, winning the last one? Or, or, you know, have they made FTR too sympathetic in this story and do they kind of deserve it after, after Cash's injury? I'm not sure. Who, like, I'm really not sure who will win this or, or like where they're heading with this because uh, with a match with, which they had to stop two weeks ago, you could see that it was like a, like a, a, a forced finish. They did there. Yeah, obviously, obviously. So, this, this, I, I took I issue know. with that force. I took issue with that force finish, didn't I? Because they've they've now kind of set this precedent that Dax can beat beat Santana Ortiz in a handicap yeah. match because none of them, yeah, neither, right? the, neither neither of them were out of the match at that point. So they, you know, they kind of messed themselves up there because now it's like, well, FTR should be walking over them if um, Dax can beat them in a handicap match. And I really think they should have just thrown up the X's and added to the drama just by calling it a no contest, you know? Yeah. yeah. It was, yeah. It's like they need, they need to, you know, what you said there, they need to find something for the narrative that we still like believe it, that it's believable if FTR... Uh, uh, loses or you know but let, let's see I'm, I'm also curious if they'll put a stipulation also on the match or uh, I don't know <laughs> would be funny a first blood match but uh, this is what won't happen because <laughs> this it's a tag team match so you could definitely have a first blood tag team match I mean they've got yeah. to innovate haven't they especially if it was a tornado course, tag or something yeah. Um, but it's it's not the kind of match uh, um, like you want to see with these two tag teams I guess there's also not too much, too much bad I think blood it would in fit. there. I think it would fit. Yeah? I know you've 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 kind of so. made it as a joke, but I think I think it would sincerely work, especially in this promo they were talking about keeping on coming back and back for blood. You know, um, it could okay, even be yeah. the first the first to bloody someone on the other team or the first to bloody both. You know, so that you've yeah. still got them fighting covered in blood and stuff. Like when you know one from each side are, are bleeding profusely, it would be pretty. You know, I I feel like it does need that sort of match. To sorry to disagree with you, but it does need okay, that good. sort of match no, to kind good. of to, we need to ramp pitch. up the violence, <laughs> ramp up up the violence on this to come to a head and have some sort of really brutal stipulation. Um, yeah, kind of like because they did that with best friends. They had the parking lot brawl. It kind of came to a head with a special street style stipulation. So a first blood, I think, would be perfect. But it would be also the first time in AEW. I mean, when was the last first blood match in in, in oh, WWE? Ago, also. It, and it would be it would be a perfect way to differentiate them to these all these fans coming over from um, WWE for Punk and Brian, and then they see holy shit, there's a first blood match here. WWE don't even do intentional blood anymore, um, and they're having a first blood match. I remember these. I like these. So um, I, I just I think it would be good. I think you've accidentally <laughs> hinted at a, a perfect way to take this um, story. But... Well, give me a call, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> give him a job. <laughs> Next up, we had, well, we get to talk about the implications of those booking, that booking decision in the uh, last match. We had Chris Statlander versus Nyla Rose. I'm going to start talking about this one because I'm probably going to shock you, right? I was I was really into this match for the duration of it. It's uh, I never thought I'd say that about a Nyla Rose match, but um, it, was, it was all gas and no breaks. Um, and, you know, I'll start out with the good, so... Um, Ro uh, Nyla Rose started by just wiping Statlander out straight away. Um, 
so I will give a sort of mini uh, mini play-by-play on this because it was all highlights for me. Um, really nice kick sequence from Chris Statlander. Then she did a this wicked pendulum moonsault on the apron, off, well, off the apron, where she kind of swung her leg um, and moonsaulted onto her. Vicky Guerrero did this shrill shriek in Orange Cassidy's face, um, which was, you know, as only she can do. Um, Nyla... Uh, chokeslam Statlander onto the apron. So again, it was all big spots, all big spots. And then she went to hit that uh, knee drop, but then Chris escaped it fantastically with a handstand, which was um, really, really uh, kind of unique stuff. Um, and then and then she just powerbombed Nyla Rose and hit the area 451 for the win. And I think all in all, it took about three minutes. So I, I just... if. if if they had kept that pace and got, there was also um, Nyla Rose jumped to avoid something. And she, you know, she wasn't, she was fine in this match and Chris maybe carried it a little bit, but I I thought this was a really good three minutes, but it was still just three minutes, which I find so weird. What with Chris apparently being in, not injured, but beat down in the previous match that she could dispatch so quickly, this person build as a beast. And, Given the fact that it was all it was big spot, big spot, big spot, big spot, I'm I'm pushed I'm kind of I'm kind of inclined to think they would push for time. Uh because that's we've seen it before, like the main event uh, all in, where uh, they would push for time, so they had to take out all the filler and it was just big spot, big spot, big spot, big spot in that six man tag main event at all in. And I think that's what happened here. They had to shorten a match and it had to be this match. Um, because like I said, it was just, it was just spot, spot. There was no rest holds. There was no, nothing like that. Um, because it just, the booking doesn't make any sense, does it? For it to be this quick, it was essentially a squash match given the, given how long it went from Chris Statlander, who'd just been attacked by Nyla Rose, who is billed as a beast on her best days. Do you know what I mean? On, on a, what, you know, Jack, uh, make it make sense. I am the same as you. I really enjoyed this. Um, and mainly for how um, how it got, not that it needed to that much, but Chris Statlander over. I was really impressed how she looks. Really but setting she up. destroyed Nyla Rose. Just That's what I the mean. The fact that Nyla Rose, yeah, but I don't think it was... No, but she, to has to be, she has to be the all-out like, match for Brit. Has but to, to be. To have been hurt by Nyla in the previous match and then dispatch her this quickly, I, I genuinely think that they would push for time. Oh, yeah, I think, I think they would push for time. Um, because, like I said, I think, I think the fact that it was an absolute spot fest is what makes that clear, you know? Well, also with the fact that the first... Similar with um, the other week with the Dark Order versus Elite 10-man, um, the, the first um, Elite match and the Christian Cage segment that followed it um, took up about half an hour of the show. So that yeah. was a quarter down. Um, with, you know, they know they had to get to the Wardlow-Chris Jericho match at the end. I do I do agree that they were rushed. But that being said, that was arguably one of the best four minutes, along we with said, Malachi Black yeah. match last week, um, one of the best four minutes. They, they seem to be really nailing the squashes now. Not even squashes, but the, the big matches... I don't think they nail squashes, but I think they nail big matches that need to be short. Do you know what I mean? Like this, that's I a think very they... good t- that's a hot take, fresh out the oven. That Jack. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, I just think they do it really well. They get over who needs to get over. They do it in a way that makes that person look dominant and make it a shock. 
you know, and, yeah. and has your grit from start to finish. And I was the same as you, Tom. I, I couldn't take my eyes off this one. I thought I was really impressed. And I really want to see now the alien versus um the doctor at If they if they'd if they kept this if they kept this pace, I could have I could have watched this double the time, you know, yeah. easily. And, 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 and that being said, they had Nina Rosen and we all know what a critic I am of her, but we're we're not fans on this show we're not, for, we're not, for the but, most part. But you know, it solid. was it was solid. It was solid. Patrick are you gonna piss on our fire and say you completely disagree and be a cynic, or are you? Are you? Are you do you pretty much reiterate with us that it was just, uh, you know, fast? Do you think it was? It was they were pushed. Do you think? Anyway, boop. <laughs> that's your that's your review of the match. Boop. Yeah, right. No, it was it was great. I was also like it great. So it felt rushed, and in the end, I was actually saying to you that uh, like was that no squash match. For Chris Statlander against I don't Nyla think it Rose. was supposed to be. I but liked yeah. it. <laughs> so I, I, since Chris Statlander's back, I love her. I don't know. Before I was like, yeah, she's good, but since she's back, I don't know. Something something changed with her. I don't know if she's a little faster or more precise or so. I really really uh, uh, like her now. Um, the move set is great from her. Uh, the match was also great, like you said. Nyla Rose, maybe because the match wasn't that long, <laughs> was great. Yeah, in that she didn't match. get winded or anything. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, there was just five minutes of pure joy, I'd say. <laughs> really, yeah, really, they're really good. Like Jack said, I, I don't really have anything yeah. to add. They're just really and good at doing short matches that matter. Five minutes of pure the... joy. The name of Patrick Sextape. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to say something because there's like a woman by whatever. What I wanted to say now. Is <laughs> Patrick's we... taken his citations to heart. Like he is now not saying anything he should have. No, it's only take on T, long time listeners will be uh, be familiar with. It's only take on T that Patrick's forbidden to talk about. <laughs> Haven't seen that ass in a while. But coming back to another subject. Patrick. Patrick. <laughs> you are doing so well. <laughs> Where's the alarm? <laughs> okay. I don't know. How can I go from ass to first blood? Well, the last first blood match. <laughs> Taco Bell is how you get from ass to first blood. <laughs> but um, that it was that was good. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So the la- the last first blood match was when uh, JBL and John Cena were at Taco Bell in 2008. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it, it was really 2008. I was confused because it was at One Night Stand, and then I was like, ah, okay, it was the WWE One Night Stand after they did everything, like, yeah, what you can do wrong with it. But yeah, there were actually only one, two, three, four, five, six first blood matches in WWE slash F. I thought there, there were go. more, but uh, yeah, 2008 was the last one, so would be a nice revival and now goes it back to FDR revival. I'm just going to stop here with the references. Let's keep on going. <laughs> do you want to just do the show by yourself? Uh, he's giving himself segues. Um, I was about to I... say, he's like a one-man show, isn't he? Yeah, I know. He's too big for his boots. I'm glad to be rid of him. He's going to the Rampage show. I'm joking, because I'm coming with you. I'll be doing... He'll I'll be, be scouted up by WrestleTalk soon. <laughs> Uh-oh. He'll be, be, he'll be doing top 10 lists on YouTube for fucking 20,000 listeners <laughs> The top the 10 way yeah, we can use CM Punk in AEW. <laughs> yeah, but you'll I be, hope I don't get head over heels and send uh, nude pics to, and I'll uh, request nude pics on Twitter from ladies. That's another guy from Whistle Talk. Let's keep on going. 
Oh, <laughs> start a few. I was about to say, let's not start a few. They're massive compared to us. I actually saw a sign in this show be, saying about Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, could, we could be yeah. like Machine Gun Kelly when he. Um, when he did that diss track on Eminem. Yeah, can we can um, we just, can we start a feud just to become friends with him? Like we don't yeah. dislike him, we just want to be friends. But don't the say only that. Way, we hate no, Russell Talk. The only way they'll acknowledge us is if we diss them. So, if you're our listener, can you just at Russell Talk and say Weekly AW News Kick started beef with you, and then we'll start this whole thing, this whole internet feud. Yeah, I'm, I'm here. Like, for it. like I mean, like I said, Russell Talk. Machine. It was that bad in, in viewership numbers. They had to get a sexual predator in afterwards to get <laughs> oh. some attention again. So Jesus Christ, Patrick, they're not going to engage. Yeah, with I'm, this I'm, good like heel. I'm just doing heel work. We're having a feud. Come on. <laughs> That's a perfect segue into, but we'll talk it about at the end about uh, where's the line with heel work. We will talk about. Ah, um, uh, yes, okay. yes, not. Uh, Max Caster later on in the night, but we'll do that after this. Let's Make get sure back you on stay track. listening to hear that. Yes, um, yes, please. Young Don't Bucks. switch to Wrestle Talk because you've got to stop. <laughs> <laughs> you've got to stop. <laughs> we next up, we had a Young Bucks promo. The Young Bucks are uh, bragging basically uh, and go to dunk the ball, and then Luchasaurus uh, comes out of nowhere. Denied, slaps the ball out of uh, Nick's hand, I think it was. They say, you know, they talk about, oh, it's going to be as easy as a layup, but then uh, Luchasaurus comes out of nowhere. And uh, Jungle Boy comes in to make the shot and uh, walks off as, uh, you know, the Bucks are on the ground going, that was a foul, that was a foul. And then uh, Brandon Cutler comes in and creates me. He's like, actually, it was, uh, I think he got nothing but ball there. And he's like, shut up, Brandon. Um, a similar thing to last week. Um, I, I really like this segment just because well, it was short and to the point and it kind of established a little rivalry. But I liked, I tell you what I like, I like that these two teams could be in the same place without a fight starting. They could record a funny little bit like this where one team kind of flexes on the other. Um, I'll pass it over to you, Jack. Uh, what did, uh, do you agree that um, it's nice to see them kind of interacting in a way that doesn't require a beat down, you know, two opponents next week? Yeah, I do, because it doesn't need to be that way all the time. Do you know what I mean? There doesn't need to be so much heat in all these views. They can have sort of like a... There's there's no hatred here. Do you know what I mean? They don't hate each other. They just... Yeah. Elite are on their high horse, do you know what I mean? And think no one's worthy. So it's not yeah. a hatred, and it doesn't need to be that. Um, it becomes It becomes less uh, impactful when there are heated rivalries if every rivalry has a beatdown, you know? I think so. It's, yeah, it really takes it off because it's just like, oh, it's just another one. You don't believe the heat, do you know what I mean? They really need to, yeah, and they, and they have here, have that fine line between what is genuine heat and what's, you know, just uh, just a match in itself because, you know, you're not always going to, it's like football. You don't always have derbies, do you know what I mean? It makes the derby sweeter when they come along yeah. because they don't happen often. I think that's the same they need with this heat where, especially if they're going for this sports-based product of wins-loss records, not every person who's the number one contender for a belt, it doesn't have to be malicious. It doesn't have to be violent. It's just they've worked that way to the top. So the, the whoever the champ is can either give them respect or, as the elite are doing now, have this sort of high horse where they're like, you're not worthy and just kind of take the piss. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, agreed. Next up, was the moment we were all waiting for, which was Britt Baker. Well, first off, we got a Britt Baker Red Velvet promo. There really wasn't much to say about that. They're reiterating previous points, so I'll just get to what, we, like I said, we were all waiting for, which is Britt coming out in front of the hometown crowd. They've all been given these uh, 
terrible towels, I think they call them, the Brit. I don't know what the reference that is, but um, Brit comes out, and she's a star. I just wrote down Brit as a star when she came out to that pop. Um, there was a fantastic call from JR that just made the segment so much more iconic when he was like, something like the, the champ has come home or something like that, and it was, you know, JR... We we give him shit, but he comes through in the big moments. He always comes through with the big calls like this, um, and this this for me this was one of my promos of the year, if not my promo of the year, um, in front of the hometown crowd. Lots of lovely cheap heat. Um, Baker says she can't relate to Red Velvet and her climb to top because Brit was always on top. Um, she can relate to her fearlessness because she 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 was never scared to or she, to yeah she was never scared to kind of take on the mantle of uh you know the face of the women's division when they needed it um she says something like you want to swim with the sharks uh i'll drag you to the deep end it was just savage stuff um uh yeah and uh velvet ended up coming out and attacking her after but um was clearly disliked by the partisan hometown crowd uh just fantastic promo for me, Patrick. I don't know if you agree with me. Mm, not really? so much because I, yeah, it, it wasn't that, bad. That's first fine. of all, Go for it. it wasn't bad. It was, but it was for me just an average, uh, just hometown get get the hometown crowd pumped promo. Like also for the for the match tomorrow. Is it tomorrow? Yeah, right. At the tomorrow at the time of recording. Yeah, at yeah, the rampage. Two days yeah. from from Dynamite. At Rampage, yeah. So it was more like this. So it was not Baker's best promo. Let's say it like this. And but what I, what I find quite interesting is how often she drops that she's the baddest bitch, bad bitch, the baddest, meanest bitch, whatever. So this you is think such we're a working clear towards a Jade Cargill? Yes, thing. definitely, definitely. Do you think Jade it Cargill... will be a heel versus heel then, but it's so just Brits, so obvious. Brits and anti heel, I, I would say. Uh, that she's a heel that gets cheered. Mm, yes, yes, she is an anti-heel. Yeah, that's that's what one thing. Did or, you guys yeah. notice something by the way this week with the entrances? Uh, did she come out the face tunnel? Uh, no, they had this time the camera was uh, uh, facing that they were coming in from the right. Usually they come in from the left, uh. and since they're coming in from the right, the heel and face tunnel were also switched so every heel was coming out on the right side and uh the faces on the left so and she came out on the right side um still very clear that she's that she's a heel um but yeah i think that's what like the big picture is coming to maybe for all out but i don't see i, I think that's a bit quick I yeah think i think that's also a bit quick it wasn't a number one. No, it wasn't a number one contenders match. No, but I could see. But she was number two ranked or something like that. Chris, yeah, she was three or two ranked. Just check that. This, no, is, really this has got to have pushed. It's got to have pushed her up. The win against Nyla Rose. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I think maybe Chris Statlander for All Out. Um, but yeah, I I think um, Jay Cargill might be the one who t- will take it off her. To be honest, I I maybe. can't say I'll li- I, d- I can't say I'll like that, but I can see that happening for sure. Yeah, yeah, probably could be, but on the other hand, will they will they do it this fast? That's also. Well, I mean, how long's a piece of string? They might drag this out. They might drag, you know, drag out because Jay Cargo's doing matches on dark. You know, they advertised her return to dark or dark elevation. Or <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry for interrupting. You know who's number one ranked like by far, 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 and Thunder she's Rosa. not on dynamite. Yeah, Thunder Rosa, twenty-two and two. So and the the third place is Chris Statlander with twelve and zero, and then comes Red Velvet, and then Conti, and so so, yeah. Yeah, I mean we, 
they, there's not enough. I mean, the logical thing would be Thunder Rosa versus um, Britt Baker at at All Out, but do they have enough time to build that as a rematch now? Do you know what I mean? Um, and I it's think, too soon I mean, in my eyes. Yeah, yeah, it's also yeah, it is, it is. But why keeping her at number one with these many wins and uh, it's ah, yeah, it's the ranking system. It doesn't work. It's uh, I really don't think it does. But um, yeah, no, the but yeah, I think I think obviously Red Velvet, but I think Chris Statlander and Thunder Rosa are two people um, that uh, that Brit could go through and defend against. Although obviously it's going to be a tight one against Thunder Rosa. Um, I think they're two people she could defend against before potentially dropping it to Jay Cargill. Again, that's not necessarily something I'd like to see happen because I think Jay Cargill's still too green. Um, and I don't like seeing people just get this kind of undefeated run when they come in and just, you know, get things... I, I don't want to sound like Jim Cornette, but don't earn their kind of stripes or whatever. But yeah, I just, I don't think she's ready for it, but I th- I can see them doing it, to be honest, because I know they're very big on Jay Cargill. So... Yeah, I could see, I could see, I could see all the things like you say, Brit saying right now, coming back to Hunter down the line in a in a program with Jay Cargill. And for what it's worth, I, I I think that's a good way to do it. Whether or not I'll actually enjoy the feud or not is another matter. But next up, we had a promo for Ricky Starks and Brian Cage. Ricky says that he'll face Cage, uh, you know, alone next week. He won't bring any of his boys. Brian doesn't buy it, says, um, you know, how I can tell you're lying because you're moving your mouth. And then um, and then Hook whistled at the camera, which was the highlight of this for me. I'd like because Hook doesn't talk and he it, but he is our Lord and Savior. So maybe is he trying to Jack, is he trying to uh, send us a, a message with the tone of his whistle? Should we uh, should we analyze Hook? Hook's whistle is obviously the big takeaway from this promo. Well, that's that little, you know, that was just a bit for the fans. Do you know what I mean? All the all the. The, do you think because he doesn't? <laughs> that's what they call themselves. Honestly, that's do you it. think? Do you think that because we never hear him talk, he actually can't talk, and he kind of talks like a womble? How they just make <laughs> hot take, hot take. Hot take. <laughs> Patrick won't know who the wombles are, but they're they're these little kind of claymation puppets from like the seventies that talk in whistles. But yeah, that's that's my theory anyway. Tim hat theory. Hook is a womble. Um, as, as for the match itself, um, I, I, I'm not interested in this. I'm not interested in this confrontation. Um, are you, Jack? Am I? Am I? No. Clearly um, not. You're not even paying attention. <laughs> no, sorry. Um, no, I mean, we we've had it. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't. And there's, I know. I'll like it when it comes to all out. I'll, I know we'll be watching it together, Tom, and I'll say to you, I enjoyed that match, but right now, yeah. couldn't really care. Would definitely the, be one of the weakest matches I've on noticed, the card. I've noticed the promos for this feud, though, are actually really well edited, how they go from one person saying something to the other kind of responding to it. Yeah. You know, it's like conversations, and they're thick and fast. So if there's one good thing I can say about this is that the promos are quite, quite well done, but um, conversational, if you will, but... I just, I mean, like you say, we've had it. I don't, I don't care. Um, I mean, I mean, there's ways to do this where they've had a match, you know, and then they have the, you know, we see it all the time, a rematch at pay-per-view, but it just doesn't seem, there doesn't seem to be as It seems as to be Brian hate. Cage, 
Brian Cage's MO because he had the match where he upset Hangman Page. Then they had a rematch at Double or Nothing. Now he's had a match against Ricky Starks. They might have a rematch at All Out, you know? It's, yeah, uh, it seems to be, I don't, I don't know. It's I don't think they know what to do with them. Yeah, they don't know what to do with them. They're too many people. But anyway, moving on. Next up, we had Good Brothers versus Uno and Grayson in an Impact uh, World Title match with Scott D'Amour of uh, Impact Wrestling on commentary. Um, yeah, uh, Patrick takes on this one. This was quite. There was there was there was some nice spots in this match, particularly from Stu Grayson. I think. I mean, he's really kind of been proving himself these last couple of weeks, in my opinion. I don't know about you. Yeah, same here. Like I was very impressed with him again. Like last time, I was also really shocked. Is the wrong word, but more in a positive way. How agile he is. How uh, high flying he is. Um, yeah, here again, like also precise, and yeah, I'm, I'm just really, really into this now. Like, like in, into the Dark Order or this this tag team, uh, the original Dark Order. And if if they'll get their chance on the tag team titles uh, uh, once again, maybe in the same like like yeah, maybe in the same like uh, time frame, like uh, Hangman or so, like a feud against the Elite in general, Dark Order versus Elite. Uh, yeah. It's interesting. Too bad they lost it. The match also wasn't that special. I have to say that the no. Good Brothers were yep. not really good in that match. I they really... were just, they, were, they didn't look like champions. They looked like Darby back in the days, you know. So nothing for me here. Like the, the, the Dark Order was the best part of the match. And the other thing was just, uh, the other ones were just like, ah, uh, very average. For sure. Doc, Doc Gallows, I love his character work, but I just don't rate him as a wrestler. I don't, I just, He's the guy to go to during the breaks, you know, and when they when when it's not the break and they've not just got him just stomping around, pulling someone from corner to corner and that's all he does, um, then, you know, you just there's there's nothing oh, doesn't doesn't impress me. Um, as I said, Grayson was a standout of this match. He obviously dove straight over the rope to begin with. Um, and then I think there was a spot in the match where he did that. uh he jumped off the top ropes, I believe, like um, like jumping into the ring, and then uh, landed on like Anderson's back and shoulders, and then springboarded off his shoulders onto uh, onto Gallows to do the do the swing and DDT, the tornado DDT, which was great stuff um, and great tag action tag moves from the Dark Order in general. Uh, should be noted, Brandon Cutler tried to get involved at one point. But uh, Colt Cabana chased him up the ramp and Kazarian cut him off and dragged Brandon away to who knows where. We'll come to Jack with theories in a minute where uh, where the elite hunter has taken Brandon Cutler. Um, but the ending was a bit of a mess for me with them sliding in the uh, titles. I think it was Gallows slid in the titles as a distraction, but you couldn't really see that it was Gallows to begin with. And it was like, who's just slid the titles in? And it was it was just a really weird, messy... Um, heel finish. Uh, they obviously got the magic killer. I think there was a gun stun from uh, Anderson and then a magic killer for the win. But yeah, just, just a messy finish to a match that was pretty one-sided in terms of quality uh, in favour of the Dark Order. Jack, uh, thoughts on the match and where is Brandon Cutler? How can we How can we help him? Should we help him? <laughs> Should we help him? Uh, well, I'm sure we'll find out on being the elite. I'm sure you know he's the I cameraman. definitely think it's going to be a being the elite thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's Gavin tied up somewhere. In terms of the match, I think um, the commercial break and the time 
they had to do the match really hurt it. I don't think they really got to go where they wanted to go with this. Um, and I think the Good Brothers are not as good as they think they are. Um, the the okay all, they're brothers. just they're just all right, but yes, <laughs> yeah. great minds think alike. <laughs> um, but I, I I kind of like the way that the Good Brothers seem to be the, a stepping stone to like the Young Bucks and Kenny. They're like. Even though they obviously... Young Bucks are the boss fight. Yeah, that's it. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. uh, that's the only way I can kind of describe it. But I do think they have been quite weak matches. I really like them in storyline. Um, but when it comes to actual matches, not being too um, hyped, really. And I do think that's down to Gallows, um, as you say as well. Um, yeah, not too much to say. Um, bit of a weird one. But um, the only thing I really liked about it is storyline-wise, the, the fact it was they, and they said on commentary that it was just Colt Cabana out. Um, some, you know, fractions, some fractures, I should say, in the um, in the faction um, at the moment with, you know, everything going on. So that that adds another, another you know, bit to the storyline, which I'm really liking. Yeah. As I said, it was one-sided in many ways, one-sided in, in terms of, you know, Grace in, in, in the match itself and their performance in the match, but also in the story development, like you say, this was really a match to develop the Dark Order storyline and the Dark Order storyline alone. It didn't really do anything for the Good Brothers, which is weird to say in a title defense. But next up, we had a promo from Camille, the NWA women's champion. She says uh, Layla won't be able to get her off her feet. Layla's clearly, Layla Hirsch, this is. They've got a match at NWA Empower the all-women's pay-per-view. Um, she's clearly the underdog. Uh, you know, she's going to, you know, show everybody uh, what the score is at NWA Empower. I'll use this opportunity to talk about this so we don't take up any time in less important shows. Uh, will you be watching this one, Patrick? Will you be watching NWA Empower? Maybe. I'm, I'm reading now, like... We got Mickey James on the Brazo on there as well. Yeah, yeah, right. And because of, of, of the match... Uh, uh, yeah, Camille against and against Layla Hirsch. I love Layla Hirsch, so I want to see her. And this like the height differences. Yeah, this will be interesting, and it's also different style of wrestling. And yeah, it, it will be interesting to see. And I'm really interested in the first all women's pay per view in like I don't know how long outside of WWE because yeah. the WWE thing was a little fishy. Like it wasn't. Uh, you know, like it, it felt like like ah, oh, there's a huge like emancipation thing going on. We're doing this also now. It it felt like a corporate move, and more yeah. like a corporate move and less like a, a real thing. You know, and I like the name Empower, close yeah, to the power it, thing. So that's that, power, that, that's yeah. what I like. Yeah, I'm really excited for. It. I tried to buy it today, but PayPal thought it was fishy because the <laughs> I just bought all out um for twenty dollars. And then I went to try and buy the NWA uh, Power and NWA 73 two-pack the weekend of pay-per-views. And I think that was like $40. So I think a $60, you know, a $20 purchase, then a $40 purchase, one right quickly after the other PayPal was like, oh, what's up here? So I need to I need to verify it. But I will I will buy it. I do definitely plan on watching it. Um, Jack, you'll, you'll watch it if I buy it, won't you? Yeah, I'm, I'm, there's definitely some matches I want to watch on that card. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, yeah, I have no I, I, idea what's happening on NWA 70, 73, though. They've, they've, um, that's like their anniversary show, and they've promoted the women's only pay-per-view pretty much 
above that, which is, I mean, I don't know if it was intentional or if it was, I, I guess, good on them because that's not something every company would do. I say fair play, yeah. Yeah, it's exciting stuff. Next up, it is QT Marshall's apology. Um, QT comes yes, out was to apologize. trash. Sorry, just had to Ooh, say it. Not, not a fan, no. Um, he came out to uh, allegedly apologize to Tony Schiavone or, or what we all thought. But QT said, I don't know if anyone can go back and check if he's actually bullshit here, but said he, ne- he never said that he would be the one apologizing. It's Tony that should be apologizing. But then QT goes back and said, actually, I will apologize. Very weird stuff from QT. Um, and says, uh, says, you should, you know, I'll apologize for what I'm about to do to you. Um, and they held Tony back while they went and retrieved his son from the front row. Tony had mentioned his son was there uh, in uh, earlier in the show. And it's funny that I think maybe this was planned for homecoming because they mentioned Tony's family would be at homecoming but then maybe they couldn't make it so they couldn't go ahead with it which is why they had to postpone it another week and they've kept postponing it but obviously this is what they wanted to do this is what they've been building towards this is what they're waiting for where they go and get I think it was Chris Chris Giovanni um, his son out of the crowd and uh, QT punches him in the stomach and then gives him a cutter JR incorrectly miscalls it as a stunner um, and then Paul White comes out to make the save and uh, chokeslams Aaron Solo. It was it was nice to see a chokeslam. I wrote it in all capitals. It was really nice to see Paul White hitting a chokeslam. Um, uh, that's that's the takeaway I have from this. That's the positive. Uh, Jack, you're, you're outspoken on this. So, I mean, I shouldn't reward you by speaking out in class like a petulant child. But, um, yeah, good. Give us your thoughts on this segment. Uh, where's the cutie meter at? Where was that at before? Three? I don't know. Let's before we go where the cutie four. meter's at, where's, where's the Dan Lambert segment that we were promised? Where is the Dan Lambert segment? He said he was... Did he definitely say he was coming on Dynamite? Yeah. They, they, Shit, oh. in it? Where the fuck is it? Didn't even acknowledge it. I think this was meant for that. And this was just filler. Yeah. But... That being said, I mean, they, but that, but that, like you said, that being said, they've been they've been talking about this for a couple of weeks now. Um, yeah, and I just, I think they're they're heading towards a QT Marshall versus Paul White match. I hope it doesn't take up space on the All Out card because it doesn't serve it. Pre-show, pre-show. Yeah, could be. In fact, oh, the in pre-show fact, was no, always with a good match. Yeah, the pre-show, <laughs> yeah. pre-show, they actually want people to buy the thing, don't they? So. Yeah, I just, yeah, it wasn't a fan. It just seemed very, um, very forced. Do you know what I mean? Very. Um, I, I I have to disagree that it was forced because Tony Schiavone and Paul White go way back. I mean, he calls him Tony still calls him G for Giant, which was his name in WCW. So you know that's how old their friendship is. So I don't I don't think it was forced. Um, I don't necessarily think it was good. Like I said, QT seemed to have a hard time kind of staying on track and making his his promo consistent and he you know he didn't have a lot to say so it wasn't that it shouldn't have been that hard but um yeah i don't know i, I no, well, no. it didn't do much for me but no 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 it didn't do much for me but i did like seeing uh paul white hit a choke slam again after so long it has to be said not didn't didn't tickle your pickle no that was cool that was cool um the only real takeaway from this yeah uh cutie meter where's that Give us a number. We we don't keep track of where it actually. I know. Is. Where where do you, where do you reckon we are at? 
I reckon it was three or four, but should we see? I think we're going down. We're sliding back down slowly. Yeah, two. Are we at two or are we at one? 2.5. We'll go, we'll go slow. Your excitement for QT is 2.5. I think that's a bit high. <laughs> <laughs> that says too, so much. I, I said that with complete sincerity as well. <laughs> I wasn't even joking. 2.5 out of 10. That's way too high to be excited about QT Marshall. Oh, bless him. He tries. Next up, and last up, we had the fourth flavour of Jericho. Chris Jericho versus Wardlow. Um, very early codebreaker. This was this was an absolute burial of finisher and signature moves, this Dynamite, wasn't it? Because, um, like I said, we had the side effect from Matt Hardy, kicked out of very quickly. The silly string kicked out of very quickly. But then a codebreaker, uh, pretty much straight off the bat, Jericho hit um, for a one count from Wardlow. Um... But it made obviously made Wardlow look strong. Uh, Jericho... Okay, so you know what this match reminded me of? Patrick, I'll come to you because you will know what I'm talking about. Brock Lesnar versus John Cena at SummerSlam when um, they they built up to this match and then Brock Lesnar just beat the shit out of John Cena for about 15 minutes straight. Just suplex, suplex, suplex. Think, you know, suplex, that might have been where Suplex City Bitch came from. Um, when, when, which one you're talking about? It was the one where he, it was a squash match on John Cena and it was completely shocking. I'm just where thinking Brock which one it was. The, to be honest, like there were so many squash matches with with uh, Brock Lesnar. Like, yeah, yeah, but you know. it was it was no, it was, it was it was it was ages ago. It was towards the beginning of his when he came, actually returned to WWE, um, and ah, okay. it was it like was shocking. It was fourteen or so, 15. fifteen. No, way before that even, I think. Um, but it was maybe 2011 or something around then I don't know but it was it was shocking not because it was a squash match because like you say Brock Lesnar squashed everyone it was shocking because it was John Cena that he squashed he honestly John Cena got like no offense in at all he just uh, you know completely dominated him throughout the whole thing repeated suplexes repeated finishes just absolutely beat the shit out of him and one two three and it just left people shocked um this sort of reminded me of that, even though Jericho ended up coming back for the win with the Judas effect, because he took over 10 power bombs, I think, in this match. It was just bam, 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 big move, big move, suplex, power bomb, power bomb, power bomb, power bomb. Um, and yeah, uh, and then Jericho even hit, uh, Wardlow hit an F10, but didn't pin him on, on uh, MJF's orders to, uh, to, you know, not to beat him up as much as possible. Um, and then Jericho ended up getting, uh, well, there's distraction on the ref. Uh, Aubrey, Aubrey uh, caught MJF trying to cheat. Uh, she ejected MJF, and while she was doing that, Chris Jericho reached for Floyd, his uh, his baseball bat, and then hit the Judas effect on Wardlow. So all it took was uh, one hit. Well, to be honest, it took the code breaker early in the match, uh, a hit from Floyd and a Judas effect to take out Wardlow, uh, but yeah, what were your thoughts on it, Patrick? Yeah, like you say, like um, um, there were a lot of love powerhouse moves, and uh, Wardlow was quite dominating. And yeah, I, I don't know what to make of this match, to be honest. Like for for looking at the okay, last week I wasn't on a podcast. Last week I can just sum it up. It was not that good. 
the match was not that good because Hoofendude was not in a real good uh, physical state for me. Yeah, um, I, I've come to realize that most people thought it was terrible and I was on an island on my own thinking it wasn't that bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it wasn't that bad, but it also wasn't good. Like it was something in between, mostly because of Hoofendude. And here the match was booked weirdly for me. So in the end, like the, the, the gist of it, we can get a <laughs> nice word, right? Is uh, that MJF cost himself the win and the the fourth yeah. level of Jericho like that 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 will be uh, uh, the thing we take out of it and Wardlow will take out of it definitely when he will get confronted by MJF for that again or so you cost yourself the winner or something so th that's the thing of it so I wasn't also too happy with that match to be honest because um, the good thing is they made Wardlow look really good and they didn't make him look that bad because he took a Judas effect so that's one of the most protected no but yeah it's it's one of the most protected finishers right but now. even so even so yeah. i make a counter argument that most people when they take a Jesus effect have wrestled a whole full match with chris jericho whereas wardlow um took a you know like i said a code really? breaker only in the match which, which but the ones then what which matches then because like when he hits I'm saying, Judas well, effect that's yeah yeah but over yeah no 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 what i'm saying is most usually when people take a Jesus effect from chris jericho Chris Jericho's hit many other moves on them during the match. You know, he's hit strikes, he's hit a top rope Hurricane Rana, he's hit some, you know, he's hit other offense. But, like, most people, when they... What I'm saying is most people, when the Judas Fate beats them, it's not, like, the only move they've taken the entire match. You know? Ah, okay, that's so it's, okay. It's, it's cumulative, do you know what I mean? It's like, for instance, I think if you if you line people up and just have them take the Judas Effect or the One Winged Angel they'd be more likely to kick out of it than if they if they got hit with it at the end of a 15-minute match. Do you know what I mean? Because they'd yeah. already had their tank empty. So, you know, it's called a finisher for a reason, whereas this was, you know, like I said, Wardlow took about three moves this match and, and it but finished but it, off. But it's so. a finisher and no one really, yeah. like, like kicked out of a saw. I know, so but... And I, know, I don't I'm like being, the finisher that comes on top. <laughs> I'm probably being picky that... Well, next week's will be a match for you then. Um, but uh, I'm probably being picky, but I think it still made Wardlow look a bit weak because the Jews effect didn't come after anything. Do you know what I mean? I mean, yes, yes, yeah, they tried their best it, yeah. with the baseball, baseball bat, yeah. uh, but it wasn't enough for me. It did make him look a bit weak after that performance. It just felt like, you know, eh. It felt like they yeah, were relying true. on its on its status as an yeah. unkickable move uh, yeah. to 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 you know try and protect him, but I think they failed in that. Yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. I, I really don't like the move, so that's also like a point of it. I really don't like the Judas effect, and it's it's a very basic move, also actually. Which like last week it was nice when he did the top rope uh, uh, Judas effect. That was a great move, like also for a fifty year old guy. Like this move was just great. That's what I would do as a finisher. Now it feels more like legitimate, but uh, yeah, they made look or they wanted to make Wardlow look uh, uh, strong here with uh, just with his cheated finish. Um, but in the end, it just didn't click for me then. So it just the only thing I got out of it is just like yeah, MJF they, did cost himself the 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 match there, the win there. And they made Wardlow look extra weak by having MJF highlight his loss against Cody earlier in the night. At the, at the top of the show yeah, by saying yeah, but now, now yeah. they've reminded us that he, he doesn't win in these matches yeah you know? yeah, but also like yeah I think it was more storyline wise I know uh, but still to he just bring these strong. small bits in, in between there yeah yeah that's that's true some kind of but uh, yeah also just reminding there was this before 
you want to hear my alternate booking for this? Do it. I I would have had Wardlow win, right? I would have had because no one's expecting that, right? Have him absolutely destroy him, a la um, a la Brock at SummerSlam, because they're making out like Chris Jericho's beaten down. He's tired. He's been through all this. He shouldn't be able to beat Wardlow. So have Wardlow beat him. Have MGF be, and and people be shocked because they'd be like, well, of course he's getting to MGF. Why, you know? And for that moment, they'd be absolutely shocked out of their mind that Wardlow's beaten him. It'll make Wardlow look insanely tough. It'll protect protect Chris Jericho because he's already been through three brutal matches before this, you know. Um, and then MGF will be like, well, 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 you know, that's that. You're not getting me or whatever. And then Chris Jericho, you know, say, you know, wait, he gets on the mic. He's like on the, you know, MGS walking back up the ramp to leave him and Wardlow. And, you know, Jericho grabs the mic and says, you know, I'll quit. If I can't beat you, give me the match. And it's a career match or something, you know, uh, if, if he can't beat him, he'll retire kind of thing is how I would have booked it. And that way you protect Wardlow. You've got an extra stipulate, a massive stake for the match with MGF, especially if they plan on having Chris Jericho win in the end because that's added stakes they could have given it for for free do you know what i mean because he doesn't actually have to retire then but you know it would really plant that seed of doubt in people's heads as well what with him being a being an announcer on rampage because they'll think maybe he's wanting a transition to commentary do you know what i mean so i i would have had wardlow win it and then have chris jericho you know shock the world they weren't expecting that to happen and then have chris jericho um put his career on the line to get MGF to take the match and then MGF take it. Do you know what I mean? And say, right, if this is the way to get rid of you once and for all, then I'll take it. Um, is how I would have done it. Yeah. I don't know. Very, very good idea. So this would also fit very good into, uh, yeah, the next show because I, I didn't get, I don't get why in the next show there's already the match between MJF and Jericho because this is clearly an all out match. Of course they will yeah, right? build up to something like this, but then you could have sold it way better if they would have done it like like you said so yeah i'm not getting the idea behind that too much i think maybe they just went in without look thinking outside the box and just thinking that jericho has to get to mjf yes he has to get to mjf but you don't have to do it in the most predictable way do you know what i mean which i think i think handing wardlow the win here would have done wonders for everybody because nobody nobody would be expecting the 50 odd year old chris jericho to actually win this match after three weeks of absolutely getting the shit kicked out of him against a guy like Wardlow um so I mean that's how I would have done it but um Jack come to you starting with the fact that I couldn't help but notice there was a, a weird lack of a referee shirt on MJF I knew you were gonna mention it <laughs> I've been dreading this moment um yeah disappointed is all I can say with that did they announce it somewhere? Or? They, so last week they said that. Um, I mean, did they announce that it's not not a, a MJF as the referee anymore? It was also like no, no. no Jack's just special, an idiot. Ref? Jack's just an idiot. Jack's not an idiot. On the show, <laughs> on the show, um, MJF MJF said that he would be the ref in the match. He he said it right, and I was like, oh shit, that's fucking awesome, you know. Um, but then later in the night they showed a graphic of the match, and um, it said. Um, it said Chris Jericho versus Wardlow with MJF ringside and I was like wait what so I was convinced that um, it 
that MGF would be the ref, and that would be fucking awesome if he was, because you'd be like, how the fuck is he going to win with MGF as ref? And that would have been perfect with that would have we could have we should be booking it because that would have been perfect with the Wardlow win as well, because the answer is he can't win with uh, MGF as ref, and they could have had right. him wearing wearing a bur- a black and white Burberry shirt like a like a Burberry ref shirt. Yeah, see, well, so <laughs> yeah? they 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 fucked it there, they fucked it, and um, I I I have no regrets. I I still stick with. Um, well, you won't be a fiver. Yeah, um, yeah, fairs. <laughs> so after the match, um, Sean Spears comes out to attack uh, Chris Jericho. Sammy uh, Guevara and Jake Hager come out to uh, make the save. And then on the ramp, MJF informs Chris Jericho the stipulation for their match, the fifth labor Jericho, Jericho versus MJF, is he cannot use the Judas effect or his Judas entrance theme, which means the crowd will not be jacking him up. Obviously, the crowd are going to try and sing it anyway. He's going to come out to silence, but I think that's what I think they're really relying on the crowd to sing Judas anyway. Whether they're actually going to be able to stay in time with each other, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Um, Patrick, what do you think of these stipulations? I mean, you're probably quite pleased that he can't use the Judas effect based on what you just said in it, but what about the no Judas music as well? <laughs> it's a, that, that that's uh, that's a take I really like uh, that they uh, that he forbid him uh, to use uh, uh, the Judas uh, Judas intro. Yeah, it's just called Judas. Uh, Judas in my mind. Sorry, yeah, the intro. No, it's um, just called Judas. No Judas. Yeah, um, that's what I like. Also, when he said like, "Yeah, hey, you don't have the crowd in your back, and that's this will uh, cost you some uh, 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 energy, and you cannot use the Judas effect, which we said before is like quite protective and and or protected and like I think oversold." Um, yeah, I I looked forward to this stipulation definitely, but like I said a few minutes before, I just don't get it why <laughs> it's already next week and not on all out. Yeah, um, I there, mean, there will maybe be, something of course, will happen. Yes, definitely something will happen, but I just don't get it. So let's just see what happens there. So I, I wasn't too happy with that, like the, the whole thing in general now. Jack, I didn't ask you about the match itself. Uh, you enjoyed the match? Did you, was it something different or did you find it boring, the domination? Or were you, know, were you surprised like I was saying, wow, because Chris Jericho is not a young guy and, taking, and power pumps are pretty, pretty devastating move for him to take on his back repeatedly. Yeah, definitely, but um, no, I've been th- this whole Labour's Jericho thing peaked and engaged. That was where my interest peaked, and yeah. since then it's gone down. And constantly seeing my boy Wardlow get you know beaten isn't oh, fun either. It's devastating. And like I said, the crowd were behind Wardlow. They even noted that they turned on Wardlow when because they were they were stressing the fact that he used to be on the. Pennsylvania or the Pittsburgh or that area indie scene um, so you know people liked him from there in the area maybe but they noted that commentary noted that they turned on him after they found out he was from Cleveland I guess there's an American football rivalry or something like that um, after he was billed from there but I think it's Cleveland they said but I'm not sure uh, anyway that just shows they're acknowledging the fact that he was over with the crowd you know Wardlow is a guy people want to see um, and I don't know. It's just uh, there's not a lot of spaces, and I don't know. You know, he's not a he's not a young guy either. He is he is in his he's thirty something, isn't he? He's not in his twenties. So um, I don't know. You just want to see them using him properly, don't you? Yeah, and I think it's hard where he's basically playing, you know, MJF's bodyguard. Um, but that's when it's gonna, you know, 
properly get him over when he turns on MJF. I think that'll yeah. be the, that'll be the rise of Wardlow. Whether it'll be well, it won't be too late in his career at all. But you know what I mean. It'll be um, it'll be a bit later than we all would have wanted. That's for sure. It will all kick off eventually. So that brings us to the end of our review of Dynamite. Uh, first off, let's go around the table. Patrick, what was your match of the night? Chris Dettler versus Nella Rose, I have to say. Wow. I'm going to make it broad call, yeah? Jack, match of the night? I'm going to go... I'm going to give you the decider. I'm going to go for the Bucks and Kenny versus Seidel and uh, Seidel brothers and Dante Martin. Right. I think... I think I'm going to have to go with Jack purely because last week I said this will be the only time you ever see me give a four-minute match the match of the night for Alistair Black and thingy. I can't I can't make myself a liar. Um, yeah, just I have to go for that just because just because the length of the match when I was when I was watching Chris Statland and Nyla Rose I was like I want more you know well, I, I just felt the booking felt weird felt off to me the fact that Chris was supposed to be uh, hurt and squashed her so quickly. So I can't, because it didn't make sense to me, I can't really give it match of the night, but I did enjoy it. But match of the night would be the open of the Elite versus the Seidel brothers and Dante Martin. So Patrick, let's see as we just overruled you there, get a little bit of authority back and give us your heel moment of the week. Thank you. <laughs> so the heel moment of the week comes this time from not a heel, but the move was very heelish. That's uh, yeah, Chris Jericho just using... Uh, Floyd to to score the win. That was the most hillish thing for me this week, uh, from a from a face guy this time. God damn it! A bit slow on the mark there, but we got Mesa Ruger's reaction eventually. So my uh, shocker of the week. What was my shock? I mean, there was a bit to choose from. I'm looking back through my notes. So guys, remind me of some of the shit stuff that happened. <laughs> oh, you don't like the uh, QT Marshall. QT Marshall. Oh, yes. That was Cringe Topia 5000, really. I'm not sure how much I hated that, honestly. I. Oh, no, I'm g- I'll tell you what, I'm going to give it the. Uh, I'm not actually going to give it that. I'm going to give it the Darby Allen versus Daniel Garcia match. The whole match I just found boring as F. <laughs> so, we leave us with a couple more orders of business. First off, is we're not actually going to give you the card for next week's Dynamite this time. It's going to be the Rampage card. Does anyone have the Rampage card up? I have both, but I'm going to overrule um, and say, give. We're gonna. I'm going to overrule Tom, and I'm going to do it on no, the recording and say we're going to do the rampage card because by the time the dynamite review comes out, rampage probably has already happened as well. So we're also going to give you. We're going to give you double double whammy. I did not agree to that. I think well, we should give. I'm I think we should it. give the dynamite card on rampage. I'm going to do more, it as, more, as I don't. The, I do not agree. Well, I'm going to say it now. I'm just going to put screams <laughs> over you. I'm just going <laughs> to. So, coming up on Rampage, coming up on our first debut episode of AW Rampage on Friday night. So, um, as our recording in, well, just over 24 hours time, we have the Impact World Title match between Kenny Omega uh, with Don Callis ringside uh, versus Christian Cage. We have an AEW TNT title match between Miro and Fuego Del Sol. It is for the TNT title as well, so it it's is, not just yeah. for his career. And and for his career as well, yes, um, for a contract uh, AEW. 
and the AEW Women's World title match between Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, and Rev Velvet. And before Tom interrupts, as you all notice, I just got my way, and uh, Jack has we we cut out Jack reading the uh, the dynamite card. You'll have to tune in if you want to hear want to hear Patrick's. It will probably be dulcet tones reading out the the card for dynamite. Tune into our new show. Uh, I'm making out like Rampage is our new show. Our, our, our Rampage review, our first ever Rampage review, uh, which will be the next episode up after this one. So, as long time or any time listeners will know, we have one more order of business tonight. Well, we say we're talking about less important shows. We actually have a couple of uh, AEW adjacent things to talk about also. So should we get those out of the way? Um, first being Kiara Hogan has a match, Jack was telling me, on Dark, I believe, is it? Or Dark Elevation? Dark Elevation. Yes, going to be aired on Monday night. Um, it was obviously recorded last night. Um, yep, made an appearance. Obviously, she's left Impact Wrestling now. Um, no more I- Fire and Flavor. No more Fire and Flavor, who I did like Fire and Flavor, but ta- uh, sorry, Ke- Kira Hogan was my favourite member. So glad um, that we're seeing her in AEW. Her fiance, I believe it's her fiance, is Diamante, also the AEW women's roster. So good to see, you know, um, maybe that was the pull to bring her to AEW. Obviously, she's not signed yet, but this is a good step in the right direction. I see her, um, you know, wrestling now outside of Impact. And um, yeah, check that out Monday. I think that'd be a good little match. I'll be watching it. I mean, it's 100% guaranteed Cheetah wins that, but... Do you think they're going to sign Kira Hogan? I hope so. I think that'd be a good addition to the roster. Yeah. Well, because obviously we've, you know, we could be seeing them bulking out their women's roster because obviously they've they've almost definitely got um, Ruby Soho coming in probably. Yeah. Uh, I reckon an all-out casino battle royale. That'd but, be cool, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, they need to uh, bulk it out definitely and now... Um, with the second show coming in, definitely an excuse to get these two women's matches a week, at least. If not, I mean, we always said two Dynamite and could have one Rampage, so it should be three, but I'd probably I'll take two at this point. So the second AEW thing we have to talk about, uh, which is probably going to get us cancelled, is um, that uh, Max Caster's rap uh, on AEW Dark, I believe, uh, was edited out and he's been put quote on ice because of it so he's had a sort of suspension because of it um so just to recap i don't have the exact lyrics up in front of me but i believe he said the first reference got him in trouble was um talking about uh he'll make uh the Seidel brothers claim mental health uh like mental health problems like simone biles from uh, olympics who she said she uh you know, had to pull out of the Olympics because of mental health issues. So they're he's saying that, um, you know, they'd they'd claim that just to get out of fighting them. Uh, then he made a rape joke, I believe, um, something like they're gonna do you like Duke Lacrosse, which was a um, uh, a, a case in America against the university. Although that turned out to be false allegations, I think I believe after looking into it. So that kind of makes it a bit grey whether it's okay or not. Um, and then uh, he made uh, also made a joke about uh, pretty much every bar that he spat. People have found problems with. So the next one was about it was COVID. It made him act like sound like he didn't believe the COVID tests were legit or something. Um, and the third one was uh, a f- fake, like a PCR test. That's yeah, what there you go. Said, yeah. Thank you. And then seriously, every line got him in trouble. And then the last was uh, he uh, made. 
uh, a comment suggesting that Julia uh, Hart's vagina smells, um, which people have people that one. Okay, so I'm going to start with that one because it's the easiest one to kind of rebut. Is the fact that people are kind of infantilizing Julia Hart a bit. She, they're like, she's a 19 year old girl. You can't talk about her like. Okay, so like, first off, like he didn't actually say it. They were like, breath, breath. Um, he got cut off by Anthony Bowen saying, you know, it, it was going to rhyme with vagina, but it, it was actually, they made out like it was a breath. Um, but I, I think like people are like treating Julia Hart like she's, you know, uh, made of porcelain or something. It's like, she's she's an adult woman. Don't infantilize her by saying, like, we must and protect Julia Hart at all costs. You really can't good say, point you know, there. Yeah, really good point there. Isn't this more sexist than the joke he did? Yeah, saying, oh, you know, we can't have you say, you know, it's, she's, oh, it's like a small I said, girl, she's, she cannot handle she's, that. Yeah, uh, she's not, she's an, she's an adult. Yeah. Do you know she's what I mean? An she's adult. 19 years old. Like. So, yeah, that's even more sexist, to be honest, than what, what he implied to say and never said, which was just a joke, but. So the other stuff, we're probably going to have to be a bit more careful talking about, but. Um, I don't think the faker than the PCR testing got him in that much trouble, although I think that didn't help. Um, it's the other stuff. But, okay, here's my thing. This, I don't think he, I don't think he should be punished the way he has been for this. Um, and I don't need, necessarily need to get into the ethics of whether what he said isn't acceptable to say on telly as a heel, or whether, first thing, it wasn't on telly, it was on dark, so it wasn't on network television, so it's not really an issue with TNTs. But, Secondly, this was cleared by whoever put this out originally because AEW had to take it down and edit it and put it back up. So if somebody cleared that, for me, the fault shouldn't be with Max Caster. Max Caster's just being given the free reign to go out and, you know, write his raps. And this has obviously gone through checks and other people have okayed this. And yet, you know, he's the one being punished for it. I, I don't think, I don't necessarily think that's right. I don't know about you. Completely agree. Um, I also have a big problem with uh, censorship in this point of view. So if it's too hard, then it's fine. Then you can really say, okay, that was like like a bit too much. Um, I would say put that in the context of what it was. It was a battle rap. I had also a discussion with a, uh, with a German journal, wrestling journalist about it on Twitter. Um, he's also said that it was not like he's not a rapper or so. Then I said, no, he is a rapper. He actually released an album as a rapper. He is in yeah. this character and everything. He is a rapper. And I think this battle rap is not that hard in this kind of case. Yeah. And it, it's still... The thing is like you... What I have the problem with, you're censoring something where people, when they watch it, they sh they when they just hear, they should know. Okay, you cannot say that, and that's something uh, where you're educating your audience with a little bit. And when you're censoring it, you're taking this educational part away that you are not glorifying when somebody says this to somebody uh, yeah. or implies to say some things like this. So, I think it's it's a hard censor censorship, but also on the other way, on the other hand, maybe this bad rap thing is or dynamite or like aw is not the right audience has not the right audience for it yeah so if that's the case then you should maybe scrap the whole gimmick or just really what you said fuck check every line uh, which you have there so in my case this is clearly uh, too hard um yeah. just 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 a reminder like i got this back in my mind like no one said anything about when mjf said something i reminded the uh, first fighter fest when he was in the ring the whole crowd was chanting you suck you suck and then he turned to the crowd yeah but the mother in the basement you're living in she swallows come yeah. on 
that's on suppose, the same level from you, really. I suppose. I suppose it's it's you know it's just the things that are off limits is mental you know it feels like that he's taking pot shots at somebody personally who's not you know an innocent person in Simone Biles um you know I could I could see her being upset but I don't think Simone Biles is watching AEW talk and I think she's got uh, you know other things on her mind and other people obviously yeah um but they've 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 ripped on other celebrities before for stuff. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, I think they, you know, they went after Joe Biden and stuff. And it's like, it just feels like certain people, I don't know. Um, and also, sorry, also the thing with uh, uh, John Moxley's the, wife, like where he said, she yeah. slides in my DMs for some oral sessions. But I suppose, I suppose uh, the thing, the difference uh, with that is they're also, talking about, they're talking, he's talking, he's, he's suggesting that's consensual where, whereas he basically said they were going to, I mean, that reference, I want to just come back to that. The second reference, the, the Duke Lacrosse one, from what I understand, doesn't even make sense because I've looked at, you know, from what I haven't done a great deal of research into it. Obviously, we're not American. We're not that up to date with the reference. But as far as I'm aware, it was a false thing. It wasn't, it was like a false allegation. They weren't actually, I don't know, there wasn't actually a rape thing going on there. Anyway, so it didn't really make sense when he said, we're going to do to you like Duke Lacrosse because, you know, I just. I know it's, it's 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 you have to sidestep around it, but I think I'm with you. I think if it was close to the line, just leave it in and just apologize if you have to. Do you know what I mean? But I don't don't punish Max Caster for it. And I think what he should do now when he comes back is just be really just be a dick about it. Be overly nice with everyone. Just compliment everyone in his raps and just like like come back and just be an absolute fucking teletubby in his raps and just like completely, you know, just every line's a compliment or something like that to his opponent just overcompensate so that you know to make him look silly is what i would do if i was him i think that would be hilarious honestly really because good point yeah because, well, because what else is he going to do is he going to come back and just watch what he says it's just it's it, you know it, maybe it did cross a line but now it's taken the sting out of his gimmick completely do you know what i mean now he's going to be watching oh is this can i say this can i say this can i not say this i'd rather them just say oh wait now that was a cross line and or even catch it in the first place and just edit it out the first place and we wouldn't even be having this conversation and then they could you know he wouldn't be but he's going to be worried now he's a young guy he doesn't want to lose his job he's been punished for it undeservedly so i believe and yeah um i think he's kind of getting the same sentence as sammy did you know he's been given sensitivity training and stuff and sammy in his in that podcast appearance actually said i want to rape that bitch or whatever about sasha banks i can't remember what the if those were his exact words um and so that I mean, I, I, Sammy's matured a lot. He's come a long way, but that's worse for me because that's him just straight up saying it. Whereas uh, Casters was in the context of a of a character and and a rap, and which he doesn't really mean. And you know, he obviously directed it to, you know, in a figurative sense towards toward a group of guys. So yeah, I I just I think he should just be the nice guy rap now because i think the gimmick the gimmick's dead now so he has to reinvent the gimmick i think that's what he should do when he comes back um but yeah talked enough about that so wwe have released a brand new uh wave of releases apparently there will be more more to come so what uh, here's the complete list they released asher hale uh ari sterling bobby fish bronson reed Jake Atlas, Kona Reeves, Leon Ruff, Mercedes Martinez, Tyler Rust, 
Denzel Dijonet or Desmond Troy, um, and then performance centre talent, uh, Giant Zangier, Stefan Smith, and Zechariah Smith. So, Patrick, um, you surprised about any of these? Yeah, surprised a lot actually about this this new wave of, of releases. So, uh, uh, what what is his name? Bronson Reed. Bronson Reed, yeah. Bronson Reed, yeah. That that was a thing where I'm like, I'm not following or not not watching the product, but I'm still following it, and I was really surprised because he was the North American champion. They pushed him a bit, and um, I'm really confused why why they they changed it like this now. And um, yeah, this the, the whole thing felt like weird. Also with Ray Wyatt's release a few weeks ago, and it really looks like yeah like i think what what you're about to say that uh, they're just clearing out their roster um, not going on the road anymore so times changed a bit and uh, yeah they're changing the product completely jack um uh, we talked about this before the show but you know people at the crowd at nxt aren't happy they're talking about reinventing it uh, so that you know it won't be a it won't be one of the main three brands anymore it's going to be developed purely developmental again um got what well, i mean they brought this on themselves haven't they i mean what are they doing over there they clearly have a plan but i don't know if it's a good one um they seem to be there's a lot of people they're releasing that AW have either snapped up or will want to snap up and not just AW I'm just saying that based on our podcast but you know Impact will be looking at these guys you know New Japan will be uh, Ring of Honor you know like big promotions and they just seem to be they they seem to be scared of the competition but happily letting the competition catch them up by having these sort of names on their roster Vince with the weirdest kind of battle tactic of all time letting didn't he actually say that there was like a conference call with shareholders or something he made i don't know if it's a people couldn't tell if it's a joke or whether you're serious like we'll just let them have more guys as if that's gonna somehow hurt AEW by releasing guys. i just honestly i think he just doesn't see the value in nxt people or thinks they're nobody so much that he thinks they'll hurt AEW's brand somehow he just seems so out of touch with it um so, seems we have a little time at the end. We'll do something we haven't done in a while, especially with this new wave of releases. And that is, we played it a couple of times on the show, but it was a long time ago. So, no, uh, no blame if you don't remember it. It is uh, a game called Sign or Decline. So, I'll come to Patrick and Jack. I'll read them a list of talent. Uh, one by one and after each one they have to tell me whether they would sign them if they were Tony Khan for AEW or decline them or not uh, not sign them and they get a maximum of five so the idea is do you use up all your five before you get to the last one will the last one be a really good one will it be a bad one do you uh, you know you've you've got to be you've got to be thrifty are your boys ready yep I'm ready ready I'm and ready hyped. to go okay number one Bronson Reed, sign or decline? Decline. Decline, Jack? I'm going to go for sign. Yeah, I was really surprised Patrick declined him there. What's your What's your reasons, Patrick? Because I, I don't know if WWE he fits into... I, yeah, I don't know if he fits into the, into the program. Yeah? I don't know. You don't think they could use more big guys? Maybe, yeah. But uh, I don't see him in the program, in, in, in the roster. Because he was obviously big before. He was big for MCW uh, before he came to WWE. So he was, he, you know, he has got the indie chops. But 
that's fine. You've got plenty to go. Number two, Jake Atlas, sign or decline. Uh, I'm just thinking, Jake Atlas. Who was that again? <laughs> it's not. I'm trying to think. It's not Austin Theory, is it? Jake Atlas. It might be. No. Just have to look him up quickly to say. <laughs> look at these. How bad is that? We have to look him up. I remember. Um, I, I can't remember who it was. Someone at uh, someone at AEW. I'll sign <laughs> him as well. I'll sign him as well. Someone at AEW said they uh, wanted him around. I can't remember if it was Jungle Boy or someone said they uh, they had some of their best matches with him uh, on the indies. So, all right. So Jack's used up two of his already. He's Patrick's yep. used up none of his. So so far on Jack's roster, we have Br Bronson Reed and Jake Atlas. On uh, Patrick's, nobody so far. Number three, Ric Flair, who says he has he plans to never retire and has just been released from WWE contract. Ric Flair, sign or decline? Sign. Sign. Interesting. It'll be controversial with some people. Jack, sign or decline, decline. Rick Flair? Decline. What's your motive for signing Ric Flair, Patrick? Backstage reasons, definitely. Um, yeah. Because he can be like a real good mentor. He can be a very good manager. And as an on-screen person, he will draw a lot of attention to AEW. But is is it attention at, at all costs, though? Because, you know, it does seem quite tna signing Ric Flair of all people, especially when, yeah, you but, know, he kind of... but if, if they use him properly, you know, like TNA didn't... Uh, they, they signed so many people off and gave them creative control and, uh, you know, this this whole WCW shebang bang they did there. And if they're not doing this, just keeping... Um, yeah, him in, in there, like, as a manager or backstage person, especially when you're building Rampage as a second show, maybe for two hours or so in the future. Yeah, you should have managers like, like these, like the, the, the old guys, just in quotation yeah. marks, they should be the managers, the mentors or so. And this is important when you're building up a company. Adam Cole, sign or decline? Sign. Sign. <laughs> that was a quick yeah. one. Do we even have to? We don't even have to elaborate no. on that. Of course, we'll no. sign Adam Cole, whose contract status is up in the air at the moment. They're, they they want him to move on to the main roster, apparently, or they do want. He's the exception to the rule of them going back to big men and not people from NXT. They really want him, so um, they might be offering him the world right now. But uh, he undoubtedly has so much value to AEW. Number five, Kiara Hogan, sign or decline. We're only on number five, remember? Sign, Jack signs. Jack, you've got one sign in left. Patrick. I know, I'm just liking these I'd ones. say decline, yeah. Yeah. Thing Be is tripping. also, I really don't don't know her. I just heard good things about her, but don't know her yet. So I would I would rather decline her. Six, Mercedes Martinez, sign or decline? Decline. Sign. Oh, you're not a fan of Mercedes Martinez? No, I am. Though. I've just realized I've only got one left, <laughs> so I need to be selective. <laughs> So you've got Bronson Reed, Jake Atlas, Adam Cole, and Kiara Hogan. Patrick has uh, just Rick. Well, Rick Flair, I think you said Rick Flair, Adam Cole, and Mercedes Martinez. So yeah. number seven, Buddy Murphy, or Murphy. Decline. Decline. How many do I have now? Three. I, I you've got. You've got right. two left. You got two left. I would decline also. Decline. Oof, poor Murphy. I think I'd like to see him pop up in um, New Japan, maybe for the G1 or something. Yeah, like that, that. that's the thing. I would rather I I'd rather see him in New Japan or maybe in Impact also, but not in AW. Number eight, Bobby Fish. Decline. 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 Not without Kyle O'Reilly, right? We want Red Dragon. Red Dragon yeah. or bust. <laughs> Number nine, 
Bray Wyatt. Sign. Sign. That's my five. That's your five. And Patrick's got one left, so you automatically get number ten. Fuego del Sol! Yes! <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. That's my roster. That's my jam. So, uh, the, the the dueling ones, which one do you think won uh, in terms of signings? We got Me. Jack with Bronson Reed, Bronson Reed, Jake Atlas, Adam Cole, Kiara Hogan, and uh, Bray Wyatt. I'm well uh, happy with mine. Versus uh, Ric Flair, Adam Cole, Mercedes Martinez, uh, Bray Wyatt, and Fuego del Sol. I'm taking mine all day. I'm not even. And mine, come on! Like this is a, this is a winner. Fuego. <laughs> let us get get in touch with us and let us know who you thought won that round of sign or decline, and the winner will get <laughs> an Anthony Gogo t-shirt. <laughs> if you, by the way, want... just just yes. very quickly. Sorry, did you also guy? Uh, did you see that also, guys? There was when they cut back from commercial to the QT Marshall thing. There was the Antonio Gogo yeah, logo on that. stage and everything. And I was like, is, is he coming? And then it was gone. Yeah, I saw that. Just yeah, quickly. Yeah. Well, if you like coming for Antonio Gogo, um, <laughs> and, you're, and you happen to live in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, uh, New York State, or the city of Chicago, or Taiwan, or if your name is Kyle or Kylie... I have. I do not have the time and to explain how we got Liam. here. And you're not Liam. Your birth name is not Liam, and you're not if Liam. If you're not called Liam, well, no, no, because we can't say if you're not called Liam, you get a shirt. No, no. If your if your birth name is not Liam, so yeah. Well, uh, yeah. You 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 are eligible for a free Anthony Gogo shirt, or if they never release one, a twenty five dollar gift certificate to Pro Wrestling Tees to buy a shirt of your choice. Unfortunately, you're screwed and stuck with the Anthony Gogo shirt if they release one. So uh, get in touch with us at WANK podcast on instagram and twitter or wnk wrestling at gmail.com boys it's been a good one it's been yeah, nice talking been to the one. three of you is this our is this yeah, our last one or is patrick are you appearing on another on he'll another be back review? he'll be back i'll i'll be back and i'll be also uh like next week i can still still do but then the week yeah. after like last next yeah. week will be your farewell one and then we'll get your replacement yeah, farewell time, at the moment yeah. it's looking like it'll be liam god help us <laughs> oh yeah. god <laughs> maybe we could maybe we could convince Molly to do it instead. We'll see. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Nothing else to say other than goodbye, good night, and take care of yourselves. Until next time, guys. Thank you very much for joining us. Bye.